0: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Sunday, December eleventh, twenty twenty-two. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to start off today by apologizing for taking three days off in a row. My God, it was a lifetime. <laughs> it feels that way, especially since I started a re- a very recent show, saying I'm going to come out gunning, guns blazing, and then took three days off in a row. Now, th- th- it's an interesting thing to discuss before we get into today, and it's probably going to be a long show today. That I let, as we talk about all the time, this stuff weighs on you. Right. The, the agenda, whether it's genuine or not, the illusion, the constant 24 seven, just berate barrage of non stop propaganda that's meant to make you feel and think and act a certain way. And even though we see examples of how that's not working, the bivalent shot, I often point out. I fall prey to it like anybody does. And it, it's hard because, you know, a lot, some of it is wishful thinking. I, I've, I've said many times that no matter what happens, I'm not going to just stop. Even if I knew that my my efforts would not actually change anything, I'm not the kind of person that would just sit back and be like, "Oh well, I'll res- I'm resigned to nothing. I, it's not in me, so I'm going to keep fighting because that's who I am." But what's interesting though is that it does get to me, just like anybody. And yesterday and the day before, I was just kind of frustrated and feeling very down, and I, I expressed this in in my Discord. If you guys should you know join, if you can find a way in there, it's <laughs> a secret room but that I was feeling very down and just kind of disheartened by the, the level of the conversation, not in the Discord, I mean, but like the general conversation being had. And it's not just the Twitter Files conversation. It's a, it's a lot of what's going on. And I feel like I kind of fell to that. And it did get through and make me feel like we weren't winning in that moment. Whatever that ultimately means. And this is the crux of the point to the start off today, is that I've told myself this many times. I've had many conversations about this with people in my circle, my family. Yet, And yet still, I don't. I, I need to be reminded myself we need to redefine what victory looks like in this new era of technological advancement we need to redefine what it looks like to have victories because i i argue and i could be wrong that ultimately we will never truly see the kind of victory that we want unless everything changes like an entire which is the hope that's why i don't want to say never like a complete paradigm shift redesign of everything we think we know but where we are now we have wins We had a win with stopping people from getting this injection. I mean, again, I could be wrong. Maybe that's exactly the way it was supposed to play out. I believe we did have an effect and I believe we saved lives by showing people things they're only just now admitting, even though they still pretend we're conspiracy theorists and still leave us censored on platforms that are even screaming about free speech because we were so far ahead. A lot of us were. And the point is that that those are wins right there. We made a difference. But the narrative didn't change, did it? It even got worse. Now it seems like things are piling on. You know, the Ukraine thing happened. This happened. Climate change. Great reset. Now Twitter files and all this stuff is coming at you. Who knows what's genuine, what's false. We have to guess our way into this and do our best to stay objective. The point is that the narrative just always continues. Now, my point always is that let's just say it was 1% of the people on the side of the corporate media that were actually in belief of what they were saying. They're not going to say, well, you got us where you know we clearly don't have the influence anymore so we'll just give up it's the same thing in reverse they're not going to do that unless they are dragged out of there and put in prison let's say or any other variation therein i'm not arguing violence my point is that that it's going to be the win we need to redefine because once they continue yelling about the narrative and point at a very small minority of people and say that's what everybody thinks and you're all crazy Plenty of people who may even see the majority kind of go, oh, well, maybe we lost it. Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe they are right. Maybe I am crazy. And it spins back into it again, over and over and over. It continues. And that's what got to me the other day. Just the Twitter part of it, and I'll get into in the start today, or secondarily, actually, start with something truly important today. It made me frustrated that people that I respect, not just the people out there that you would expect doing this, but people that I respect are just diving into this thing as if it means everything, or as if it means nothing. Equally ridiculous. My point, as you'll see as we go through it today, as it's been from the very beginning, is that I argue, I actually agree that most of what's coming out is likely the truth. One small sliver of it, there's a whole grouping of information out there that we haven't even been pointed to yet, we're not, not, not even screenshots of yet. My point, though, is that I do think that is accurate. But until we can somehow prove that the fact that anybody is engaging with it as if it's anything other than subjective at this point is infuriating to me. And this is why I feel I find it important to be, as I've jokingly said, and I mean it, irritatingly objective, even to my own audience. Sometimes even James Corbett, of all people, tells me something you know, like jokingly, like, yeah, like I'm going over the top but I do it on purpose. You have to be in this ridiculous world that we're in today because that's the only way that you can fight this game is to be so objective to the point to where you can't be boxed in, even though they sure try to one side or the other or to make it seem as if you're secretly wink wink doing this. Well, when you're irritatingly objective, it's near impossible to do that. And I argue that's why people like James Corbett, myself, are in this weird category that doesn't seem to exist in the conversation no matter how much reach you get. Very interesting. Now, to bring this back to the point today, we need to redefine what it looks like to have a victory and and not aim for something that seems almost unattainable at this point because we will end up bumping up against this and feeling let down like the wind out of our sails after we should be going, we should be high-fiving and marching through the streets with celebration because we did have an effect. So I don't even know how to define that for everybody, but I just think it's important that we reevaluate what it looks like to actually succeed let alone win in this whole process. I think it's very important. Now, I think we win every day by continuing to do this at the smallest level. As I've said many times, if we can just reach one more person every day, not to get them to think a certain way, but to get them to ask questions, to stand back and be like, Ryan could be lying and so co- so too could the media. I'm going to question them all. I'm going to show discernment. That's what one more person like that every day and we're success. That's what I'm aiming for. Bigger than that, it's about trying to inform and shift the conversation. One of the things for me that I think is so incredibly important is actually changing the the, the direction, like not just inform, informing people about the the game and having that game continue on out of control, but to actually slow down, if not stop the game, and recreate something in a better direction. Now, that's, it might not be possible. And I'm going to put it, it, a pin in it right there because I could rant about this forever because it's important. And clearly, you can tell it's been something that's been circulating in my mind over the last couple of days. But anyway, the bottom line is, guys, we're doing good with just remaining objective and trying to do right by the people around us and trying to engage with information honestly. And sometimes that means going, well, we don't know yet. So we have to wait and see, not just choose a side based on what we're being pushed into. Right. I think that's monumentally important. I think that was the last part. I had something else. uh, Oh, and well, we'll get into it today. The interesting uh, part. Oh, and that was the other thing. Don't don't let the never-ending battle of good versus evil, which ultimately is always going to happen. That's kind of the yin yang concept; is it never ends. There's always this in this ongoing battle between good and evil. And don't let that never-ending battle make lessen the wins that we are having. I think that's really important. And we'll get into my title today as we go into the next category about how I think what's happening with the Twitter discussion is the trust the science moment for the media. It's the same exact thing that's playing out. Now, let's just, here's a fun game before we go in and come back to this. Even if this stuff completely pans out to be exactly what they said, and they dump all the source material, you know, the actual source material on you, and it proves everything they were saying. It still doesn't change my point. They're proving that people right now are willing to engage with intermediaries and just go, well, they said, and you know, we trust Barry and we trust Matt. So therefore... You've already lost right there. You are no longer actually engaging with the information. You are engaging with what you're told the information is. (laughs) I wish you could tell Dale loves what I'm getting into. But the point is, guys, that we need to be objective in things like this, because even the next time it might not be honest, leave it like that. It's pretty simple. But we're going to get into this discussion today. Obviously, we're going to talk about blood again just to start off, a really, really heart wrenching story that you guys have all likely seen, around that which we already discussed, in regard to the baby will I believe from New Zealand. It just breaks my heart. I almost don't even want to watch it again. But we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the Twitter conversation and how that relates, and a lot of really important stuff about how this overlaps the 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 digital version of the Trump discussion. And then we're going to talk about how this all translates into where we're going with the injection. We're going to talk about the pandemic of the injector that never seems to end and how all the evidence is overwhelming, even around the other parts of the world where things are shifting. And yet they're tripling down on this seemingly everything pandemic. Is it flu? Is it RSV? Is it COVID? Is it pneumonia? Who cares? We'll just keep telling you you're in danger and, you know, take the injection. It's seemingly meaningless, even based on their own narrative. All the other things are happening. The new bivalent shot is completely meaningless and still dangerous based on even what their argument is. I shouldn't say meaningless. That's how they're going to get you right there. And yet we're telling you to do it anyway. You mean the kid that's got 0.0003% chance of dying? Get it anyway, except his increased myocarditis rate goes up and you know, you see where we're going with this. Get it anyway, though, because Fauci said we'll talk about all that today. But let's start off with a shout out to the T Lab Substack and the conversation or oh, actually first that was this is going to be the segue into the New Zealand conversation but i guess Dale wasn't talking to me so <laughs> i apologize Dale for the chat that's the inside you guys don't get to see it just kidding for the podcast you know what i'm talking about but let's talk about the substack breakdown which i was really happy to see came out today and i wanted to do this in general to highlight the value as we've been doing lately because ultimately what's it the, right now, what we're trying to demonstrate on a regular basis is how important it is that The Last American Vagabond is something that you support if you believe in supporting it. Not that you do it just because I say so, but that we have a lot of value that we can demonstrate in a lot of different ways. But interestingly, that The Last American Vagabond website itself has continued. And I brought this up the other day. Continued day by day to decrease in engagement. I don't even know how that's possible with the kind of content we're putting out. Now you, you could argue that's because people don't like us anymore because the content's bad or because this website doesn't work. None of that's true based on everything that we've done, engaged with, asked, you tell me in the chat. I just find it very interesting. And I think we're inching into the direction where Things like the websites we have and, you know, that are continuing to do objective work that aren't bogged down by advertising and so on. The ones that should be the most popular are seemingly struggling. But here is the last American Vagabond Substack, and breaking down the different work we've done on the last American Vagabond over the last week and so many days. So it looks like we've had over this time period, one, two, three, four, five, six daily wrap ups. We're doing good that week. Uh, Two moving target interviews. One with James Corbett that was a regular interview, which is a great discussion about climate change. Pirate Stream episode, we had number four. We posted Derek's outstanding article about the Neuralink advancing the transhumanist agenda, which seems to have gotten very little reach, which, again, is my point. I don't understand how somebody with amazing writing like Derek and the work and the, co- the topic that it is. Personally, I think it's because we're being suppressed in a lot of different ways. You tell me what you think. Make sure you check this article out. It's outstanding. And then a bunch of great work from Robert Lakesh about Israel, about Iran, about Palestine. Look, I mean, that's a lot of content for one week and a couple of days. Especially since it's all independent and it's coming directly from us and it's not you know, reposting, which, which is great. I love the sites that do that, but we've stopped doing that for a long time now. So it's original content. So if you believe in what we're doing, support it on the Substack, support it on The Last American Vagabond or anywhere else that we have these things. We have the Buy Me Coffee and on and on and on anywhere else. Just support independent media. Now here is... The starting point from the recent substack infant taken from parents after they refuse vaccinated blood transfusion. Now, this it's it's just unbelievable. This oh God, I'm, I got to be honest, I don't even want to watch this again. I i, I didn't even all I just this is a heart wrenching. Just heads up. If you are in an emotional state, you're not going to want to see this video that we're going to play next. I'm, I'm dead serious. Infant taken from parents after they refuse vaccine to blood transfusion. Now, we're going to go through in a very short period of time, we're going to reiterate the verifiable evidence that shows you at the very least there's a valid concern that you should, at the very least, you should have the right, as always, whether or not there's a concern, to make your own child's medical choices. How we've gotten here, when 30 seconds ago that was paramount, now because anti-vaxxer doesn't matter anymore, I have no idea. It shows you we were never actually where we thought we were. That's what I think. New Zealand, Australia, United States, wherever we're talking about. It's provable that there's a problem here. Now, this goes back before COVID-19 injections. There's been discussions going back to HIV, a lot of different conversations, even outside of that, that HIV AIDS discussion about how these things can be in how it can be tainted by other exactly this kind of thing. The people that get injections or get other kinds of treatments then give blood and that then taints the blood sample. And these are these have been valid discussions for a long time. And it's a no-brainer. Is it possible? Obviously. OK, so now we have a conversation where there's very real concern. Now you may you may disagree with it. That doesn't mean there's not a huge conversation. That's not even getting into the science just yet. Just experts and parents and people saying, wait a minute. I'm concerned with this. People who are getting a covid injection, giving blood, which is happening. And then you're telling me my child is going to get that blood in this transfusion. Now, it doesn't matter what you think. They have a right to say, wait a minute, especially since medically speaking, there's a concern there, or there can be. It doesn't matter the fervor of the conversation of today. Now, then we can get into the actual evidence and understand that the evidence itself shows you peer-reviewed science and all that this is a concern. Now, you can watch this. We went over this for yourself, for ourselves in the first uh, two days ago or two and a half, two, three days ago. Playing this clip discussing how the bottom line is they don't want the vaccinated blood, that they want to be able to choose for themselves. I know, crazy, right? And that they have unvaccinated donors that were willing and ready. More than one. There's no reason, legally speaking, anything other than they just didn't want to do that. They are the ones, the hospital are the ones choosing to make this complicated. If it wasn't about the whole vaccine, anti-vax, political fervor, they would have said, oh, yes, what, fine, you got a donor? Perfect. Let's do it. Let's get this done for the child's sake. And since you're the mother, you can choose to, not to, to do it. It's your choice. And they just simply said, no, they won't do it. So this brings us to the video today. So this this is this is, you know, where they pretend that they're on your side and they sit there for a while to kind of just hope that you calm down. And then just suddenly when they realize that you're not going to come around, just violently take the baby. Oh, well, I shouldn't say violently because it's technically not they it, 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 it's by force. Whether or not there's violence taking place, that these these police officers think it's their right because the court said so that they can take this baby from this mother and force it to have the the medical procedure that they wanted, despite the fact that they had an alternative that they allowed. That's legally speaking, allowed, that it's medically speaking, completely safe, simply having somebody else with different blood that they chose. They said no and acted like it was all their fault because, you know, dirty anti-vaxxers. I'm not even making this up, by the way, the way that they frame this in every conversation is these are idiot parents that have no idea what they're talking about, that are putting their child at risk, even though they weren't, by the way. And so they had to literally steal this child. Medical kidnapping is what it's called and force it with vaccinated blood. So, my God, if something happens to this child, I'm not it, it will break my heart. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Oh, shoot. You know what I'm realizing right now? Nice that I didn't grab any of these videos today. You know, it's one of the steps that I guess I skipped. So hold on one second. This one I'm gonna want you to hear. So I'm gonna grab it and download it. Normally I go through and download each of these videos like I was for a minute there and I forgot. So hold on. Okay, here we go. Prepare yourselves.
1: Pre-op checks. Before a surgery schedule, that's scheduled and can't be changed, well it can be changed. I I think, like, so baby needs as much rest as possible, so that he can... Excuse me, what are you doing? Yeah, Uh, don't don't do that, boys. Hey, don't do it. Please Please don't do it. Hey. You guys are criminals. You are criminals. You are conducting a criminal act here. So what's the pre-op check, needs to happen before the surgery, hey, it won't happen tomorrow. we've been talking to you like rational people, and now you're just removed. You've you oh got it. You're a criminal. You. Oh my gosh. How can you do this? Oh my gosh. out my way. Get out of my way. Get out of get hey, get out Guys, of move out. Please. Move out the way. Um, You guys are acting like like criminals! You are acting like criminals! All of you are criminals! Hey guys, calm down please! You are criminals! You are a criminal, you are a criminal, you are a criminal, and so are you, and so are you! Can you guys just give them some space please? You are a criminal! Okay, you that will that not amazing. be part of the surgery tomorrow. Uh, sure, we do not authorise sure, any of that. Just, sure, I just want to tell you, what, you what's, what's you happening. No, we're not listening okay. to what you've got to say. I Why did you do that? Is he going to be okay? No, he me. is not going to be okay. Be and we need to take him for himself. No, okay. <laughs> we, we, we need to take him and we need to do You the are criminals. My God. You will be able to see him after the surgery. You guys are criminals.
0: You are going to. I'm sorry to pause it. I just. (sighs) You have to think about this. In this situation, there is no way to look at this any other way. The woman with the mask on is making the choice because you're whatever the implication, how kind you want to put it, that you don't understand that you're wrong. Right. We know you're wrong. I understand you're trying. You're doing right. We have to steal your baby, though, because you're too stupid to understand what's right for it. There's no way to misunderstand. Take the word stupid out. It doesn't matter. They are telling them they know what's right. You're wrong. Even though, by the way, they're wrong. And it's undeniably clear that there is a potential risk. They even admit it in their own article. Oh, well, it's only a little bit. It's not that much. Okay, right there. If there's something in the blood, is it not possible? So you're going to force something that's not necessary to make a point when there's unbacked donors willing and ready because you just want people to know it's not a risk, even though you admitted it might be a small one in a million risk, but it's way more than that. The point is you are forcing a risk when there's not, it's unnecessary. And she's just going, no, we're going to do it because it's right for the baby. This is where we are in the world right now, guys. We need, and by the way, this has been going on a lot longer than people realize under the concept of cannabis under the concept of chemotherapy. I've been talking about this for a decade before COVID-19. Medical kidnapping. Just look the term up on the last American vagabond. It's been happening a long time, especially for people that long before it was cool and acceptable, even though it's it's not is more acceptable, about vaccines. About parents that don't want their children to get vaccines. And look at how ahead of the curve they were. Realizing that there are issues, there are inflammatory problems that and there can be at the very least. So it should be your choice being forced on everybody. And this and this is this is compassion or under the way that they frame this, it just makes my my stomach turn.
1: Be recorded in the annals of time as criminals who come in here and take babies from their mothers. Do you understand that? Do you guys are even listening to me? Do you understand that you have just kidnapped a baby from its mother without the consent of their parents? You guys have got to understand that you're criminals. I understand, but you can't just take my baby like that. You guys are criminals. <laughs> Please, You've got I need that you're to be Did, <laughs> Did you not see his oh, Did you're you right. not we see his eyes? No, you do not need to do the, do the operation. We no, kidnap a baby from its mother without the consent of their parents. You guys have got to understand that you're criminals. I understand, but you can't just take my baby like that. You guys are criminals. Please. You've got to realise that you're now Did you not see his voice? Did you not see eyes? Did you not see the No, you do not need to do the operation. No.
0: Oh my God. It's just, it's just, it's hard to, to pretend like this kind of thing is these people that are in this position are doing this, you know, that it's based on their personal perception of what's going on in the world. This has nothing to do with, it looks like our stream is struggling. Of course it is, you know, cause you can't, I mean, every single time we've talked about this conversation, we've had issues, censorship, we're probably already censored on YouTube right now, just for talking about the idea of blood and vaccination. Clearly, this is a big problem for them. So let's get into proving this, right? Because this is exactly what they don't want. The actual evidence, objectivity. The idea that this is even remotely something that is allowable. We're in. A, this is a problem where we are right now. Baby whose parents refused blood from vaccinated donors undergoes life-saving heart surgery. And then, you know, and then the worst part is the way that they frame this about them. And the person writing this is, uh, its there's no way they don't know that they left information out. Right? There's no way. They absolutely know that there were other people that were willing. The way that they cover this is so incredibly dishonest. Because, you know, there, there's a, 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 my personal opinion, there's a silent high five happening behind here. You know, we got it. We saved the baby or however they perceive it. We got, we did what we were supposed to do. We, they, you know, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. It's about the fact that the anti vaxxers don't know anything. This is my personal opinion, but you know, there's an undertone to this everywhere you look. A six month old baby whose parents refused to allow him to undergo life saving heart surgery, not even remotely what actually happened, using blood from people vaccinated against COVID 19 has been operated on in the New Zealand hospital. They didn't refuse to allow him to undergo life-saving surgery. They, were, they simply didn't want the option that they had there. And here was another viable option that we choose because we know the blood sample. Nope. Sorry. Is it allowable? Yeah, yeah, we could do that. We just don't want to. We won't allow you to do that because we know you're wrong. That, there's no pulling those two things apart. There's no, and that there's even in this article, they don't even, they brush over the legalities of whether the people who are donors who are unvaccinated were allowed to do it. Of course they were. They just pretend like, what, it was some kind of an inconvenience? So it's more important to force in your point that, God, I can go on forever. Earlier this week, a judge ruled that the boy, who cannot be identified for legal reasons, would remain under the court's guardianship until he recovered from the surgery. Okay, so what happens if he dies? God forbid. You know they're not going to, they're going to say, well, that happens. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, it happens. So, you know, babies recovering. It's a, it's a del- delicate surgery. We've already seen examples of the things happen to babies that already got transfusions with undefined blood. We've already seen these examples. And you could argue that it was from something else. The point is that they're acting like they have the full picture that they know for sure when you know that they don't. This is an experimental injection, gene therapy level injection that they've admitted to that that. Merck, I think it was Merck. I'm always forgetting which one it was. I believe it was the Merck administrative individual said that they know this was gene therapy. They were surprised people took it up, speaking about the mRNA injections. Right, so this is experimental, still ongoing. We've never done it like this before, but yet somehow we know for sure this X, Y, and Z. People have been brainwashed. The court also appointed two doctors as its agents to oversee issues. Now, doctors are being appointed as guardians around the operation and the administration of blood. According to the court documents, the baby has a congenital heart defect and needed urgent open heart surgery to survive. Except the point that they leave out is that it was at the moment. Now, yes, it was needed. The baby was in need of this surgery, but it was not like the top that they were, as it was sitting there, every moment it was getting, the the baby was stable. This was a necessary surgery for the future. But in this moment, there was no immediate rush. They they put it forward like this so it seems like the parents were putting them at risk by making by by waiting by having this conversation in general not true but the operation was delayed by its parents insistence that only blood from donors not vaccinated against COVID be used the parents lawyer confirmed that they had texted her to say the surgery was complete and their son was doing well Police were called in by the hospital on Thursday after the baby's parents prevented doctors from taking blood from him for testing or performing a chest x-ray. The point was what they were trying to stop was them pre the prep for the surgery, right? Even the way they framed that right there makes it sound like they're just skeptical or everything, which by the way, they have every right to be, especially with where we are today. But the point was they knew they were prepping him for surgery and they were not willing to go forward with that. Now ask yourself why they weren't able to just take their child and leave You see the point? The moment that you cross into this barrier, yes, there's a level of liability involved, but they use that to their advantage in every possible way. It is your child, and if you feel that there's a better surgeon or a better location, there's no way they have the right to tell you you can't leave. The problem is this is what ultimately happened, that you're stuck there, and now you don't have the rights anymore. Then they went even farther to remove the guardianship of the child. Now, whoever knows if they get that back, how much you want to bet even if the child recovers that they're going to say, well, there's a problem here. These are anti-vaxxers, and look at—they almost killed him by X, Y, and Z. You know that's what will happen. And they have, and you, based on how this has gone, they probably just pretend it's better for the child to go into, you know, the the human trafficking pipeline, otherwise known as foster care. Police were called in by the hospital on Thursday after the baby's parents prevented him. Uh, it says a new ruling on Thursday night ordered that the parents stop blocking doctors' attempts to prepare for the operation. That's what it was. Oh, you know, it's funny, Orwell makes a good point in the chat. And this is the same same thing that we tend to be, we tend to put this blanket authority, you know, reverence for anybody, That's and that's by design, understand, anybody with a white lab coat, as somehow they know everything. Oh, it's science, then they know everything under the science category. Oh, they're a doctor, then they know anything doctor related. That's not true. That's not even remotely true. And this is why you have the examples of people who are PPE experts, PPE experts, testifying and making it very clear that the vast majority of doctors have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to the efficacy of, of masks and uh, uh, medical, uh, non-medical interventions. There's another word in there. I'm kidding, but things like masks and so on protective equipment. And this is what he's an expert on. It's the same point here. Most of these doctors don't read up-to-date studies on information of what's going on. They, because their job is not involved with specifics in a lot of cases or rather the specific that they're focused on. So if we're talking about some broad concept well outside the, the scope of what they normally do, we're gonna, why would they know? Why would these nurses know? They're regurgitating what they're told. I'm not saying that I therefore know more than them. The point is that it's not just a given that these people are up to tune with the most current information. I'd be willing to bet that the mother invested in the survival of her child knows way more about what's currently going on with that current situation. Or at the very least, she has a right to make these choices. The case has drawn attention. Of course, this is how they frame it as the disgusting platform. This is the attentions to the ramifications of vaccine misinformation two years into global inoculation drives. Right, because it takes normally takes three, two plus years to get people to take an injection. Right, right. Clearly, they you know don't because tomorrow they're going to wake up again and be like, did you did you remember to say yes today? We'll come back tomorrow. No was never an option. Just we'll wait till tomorrow. Well, you want to do it again today? No. Okay, we'll come back tomorrow. Until one day it becomes you have to or you're killing grandma. Well, we are already went past that. You have to or you're killing the climate. (laughs) Who knows where it goes tomorrow? The point is that they're pretending this is vaccine misinformation. Now just stay tuned for those that are ready to jump off because we're liars and we'll prove to you with peer-reviewed science as of the last couple of months that this is a valid concern. Proof, by the way, that this is a concern. Not necessarily proof that every single person will be hurt by it, but proof that this is possibly a concern in anybody's case that is being injected or rather, excuse me, I guess, transfused with undefined blood. The baby's parents believe there were spike proteins in the blood of people who have been vaccinated. Guys, I can't even believe that they pretend this is unverified. And that those proteins were causing unexpected deaths related relation to transfusions. Now, I love how they just shoehorn that in like that's that's not what well that is what they're saying. But what they're saying is that the blood has spike proteins and it's causing unexpected problems. So period. And then, therefore, if we're going to use that blood, why wouldn't that be a concern? To just jam it all together as if it's only about transfusions is the typical garbage coming from CNN. But the point is that we have seen problems with transfusions. We've even seen them reported on Veyers. But nope, doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter. The bottom line is this is a valid concern, and the exact sentence that they pretend is undefined is verifiable. In a Q&A section of its website, the New Zealand Blood Service said, quote, the chance, and this is what's so amazing to me, the chance of finding spike protein in donated blood is very small. Huh? Okay, so you just said that it does happen, though. And it will be in a, in a picogram range, which is not true, and it is there if it's there at all. It went on to say, there's no evidence this represents a risk to recipients. Well, that's not even, that's ridiculous. I, the, I mean, look, we'll jump in and come right back. The bottom line is, as we found in many examples, this is just one of the most regard, highly regarded, the Salk Institute, that the spike protein alone is enough to cause disease disease okay so if you get the smallest amount it's possible that it could cause disease and that you're going to risk that with a baby that's already having that already has a compromised immune system which is exactly where we are right now or rather just in in general because somebody's going through those situations the point though is that this is obvious and they're telling you that it is there now i'm going to prove to you that it's far more than a tiny amount that doesn't have any difference but if it's there at all I can't believe that they would pretend like, again, let's go back to the main point. All they had to do was just go, OK, we'll use the unvaccinated donor. Why not? Does it save the baby? Yes. Is it normal blood? Yes. OK, what are we talking about? We're talking about your, will- your unwillingness to do what you already decided is the OK. I mean, I don't even know how to frame it the right way. Like this is lunacy. To refuse an option just because you don't like it, or because it insinuates that we that vaccinated blood is bad. Who cares? It's an obvious choice. They want it. What's going on here? The parents previously demanded the blood service take a donation from a person chosen by the family. Demanded. Well, they asked, and there's no reason you should have said no, but the agency refused and said. This is it. This is all you get. It does not make a distinction between vaccinated, unvaccinated donors. Okay, then then let me use my friend right here. I'm not even going to tell you. He might be vaccinated. You don't even get to know. No, sorry. No, you only get to use what we give you. Is that normal? No, no. I mean, if I choose this before COVID-19 Fantasyland, you guys would have, okay, fine. Why you would refuse a donor that's willing right there. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe you feel more comfortable with that. That's always been possible, except now with COVID Fantasyland. Nope. They refuse. Do we need to give him a reason? No, because anti-vaxxers. It's over. The chief pediatric cardiac surgeon at Auckland Starship Hospital had told the parents it was, quote, simply impractical to have a directed donor. Oh, it's impractical. Who cares? We're talking about the life of this child and the, and the choices made by the mother for that child. But it's impractical. Does that mean impossible? No. It means you don't like it. This really does give me, it makes me sick that this is even happening. Now, we've just talked about this conversation. This is just one of the most recent about the Vax Red Cross blood donations and the reality around this. I'm not going to play the long one, seven minutes long, but you can listen for yourself exactly what the Red Cross told me on the phone about how this was not good enough. How what was happening here, first of all, is that these things were having negative effects, that the antibodies weren't strong enough. And what it ultimately does is. In, as we've shown you many times, remove the antibodies from your blood. Now, that's not normal, by the way. The key
1: message from our finding is that we found that recipients of the Pfizer vaccine, those who've had two doses, have about five to six-fold lower amounts of neutralizing antibodies. Now, the- now, that's one,
0: as we played many times. And then we obviously have the one, wherever that is, and I'll play that, from the news report about the same thing corporate media
1: your COVID-19 vaccine you're going to want to listen to this the Red Cross says anyone who has received their COVID-19 vaccine cannot donate convalescent plasma to help other COVID-19 patients in hospitals that plasma is made up of antibodies from people who have recovered from the virus but the vaccine wipes out those antibodies making the convalescent plasma ineffective in treating other COVID-19 patients
0: now I'm just playing you the clips I've gone over that claim ad nauseum over and over and over. Despite their ridiculous dismissal, it's undeniable what this is. Just listen to her tell me on the phone herself. Watch the show for yourself where we go through an endless amount of information. Like legitimately, like there's just a whole bunch of this information, links and, and studies and on and on and on showing you exactly what I'm talking about. But first of all, the point is just before we get into the science about the danger, what does that show you right there? It shows you that their claim about why this is necessary is irrelevant in the general sense about people needing the injection to get this surgery, let's say, which we're going to get into next. That's not exactly what's happening here. They're just refusing to let them take unvaccinated blood. But there's examples right now, right now, where people are being refused treatments because they won't get injected. That's not even to discuss whether it's smart to get that kind of injection, which lowers your immune system right before surgery, because who cares about the facts? But the point is that if it reduces your antibodies, it doesn't even have the effect of helping you in the way they pretend that it does. And that's pretend even. And that's not even true. So there's no benefit here. Now, let's go into the debt in regard to what they claim before surgery. But in general, I say there's also no benefit. Eye science pointing out the the lipid nanoparticles we're talking about. I've shown you all this, by the way used in these injections are highly inflammatory we knew this already that's exactly why the more they increase lipid nanoparticles to ensure the mrna instructions are delivered the more you increase the dramatic side effects which is why this has historically failed in regard to coronavirus injections over and over and over 20 years then guess what they did to figure this next one out for COVID 19 well you know what they did they increased lipid nanoparticles to make sure the mrna instructions were delivered yeah. If that sounds like exactly what they did before, which caused all the problems, you're right, because that's what they did. And we're seeing all the problems, except they act like this is different. We succeeded this time by doing the exact same thing. It's shocking. I know. I argue that somebody at some levels were very aware they did this, knowing it would hurt people. There's no way around that. So just the first point, the lipid nanoparticles are highly inflammatory. And there's numerous studies that show you this. And at the very least, you're putting something in the child's. And the point is, we know these lipid nanoparticles are found all around the body. We saw the lipid nanoparticle concentration in Pfizer's own study, in the spleen, in the pancreas, in the reproductive organs. We've seen seen mRNA in every organ in in a vaccinated person, in an autopsy. All of these are there. There's no denying this stuff stays in the body. So if it's in your blood, which it is, and then it goes to another baby, well, there you go. Highly inflammatory. Why that's a positive is beyond me. They just pretend like this isn't happening. Then we know that the spike protein is also, in and of itself, cytotoxic. It's dangerous. It's the most dangerous part of all this, in my opinion. And this is very clear, alone, by itself, enough to cause disease. So if it translates from the blood, which we know that it does and can end up in your blood, well, there you go. It's going to cause disease, blood clots, heart attacks, strokes. We've already seen it. For those out there going, but Ryan, it doesn't stay. It stays in the shoulder. No, it doesn't. And this is all these claims that they've said and been shown to be lying about. This goes all the way back to May 2021. It was only the first one. There's been numerous since then that have proven this. They've even been forced to admit this to a certain degree. Circulating SARS-CoV-2 vaccine antigen detected in the plasma of people who took the injection, the blood. 11 of 13 participants show detectable levels of SARS-CoV-2 protein, spike protein, as early as one day after the vaccination. Now, we've seen people like Dr. Cole, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Malone endlessly tell you and show you and prove to you that this is happening. Circulating through your blood. I mean, really, what more do we need to see? Oh, maybe this. Maybe this will help. A gigantic study coming from the German working group who breaks this down. This is the most recent working group for COVID vaccine analysis. And it's all the source materials here. You can look at it all for yourself. What does it show you? That very clearly, when they looked at the blood, they found something obvious. They said that we have established that the COVID-19 vaccines consistently contain, in addition to contaminants, substances the purpose of which we are unable to determine now just because that sounds crazy to you does not mean it's not true that's what that's how they trick people into going well that sounds great that must be fake look at it engage with it if you think it's fake then you better make sure because the evidence is all here for you to check out some of these ingredients uncovered by us have not even been listed as ingredients by the manufacturers The main point, using a small sample of live blood analyses from both vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals, you know, exactly what they refuse to do in any vaccine conversation. Gee, I wonder why we have determined that artificial intelligence can distinguish with 100 percent reliability between the blood of vaccinated and unvaccinated. This indicates that the covid-19 vaccines can affect long term changes in the composition of blood of the person vaccinated without that person being aware of these changes or with you being acutely aware of how it's destroying your body however you want to look at this it's undeniable that there is a possibility that this could end up in the blood end up in the blood bank and end up in that baby's arm and yet we're crazy for even pointing and look i'm not saying i know for sure i'm saying let the damn lady make up her own mind especially since she's not asking you to do something illegal. She's asking you to just take the other option that you're refusing to let her do. It just, it really does make me sick, guys. And the point here is that it's everywhere. It is everywhere. And yet somehow they're still able to force these actions, still make this happen. The world sees this. Have the courage out there to stand up and stop stuff like this from happening. If you're a nurse there, a doctor there, a, a policeman, a security guard, do something. And I'm not talking about violence. Just stand up for people because we all see this. I promise you the majority of those doctors there, probably in some degree, know that there's something amiss. It's, I don't know how that's even possible that people cannot be somewhat aware because of all the people that are standing up right now. Now, maybe six months ago, it was a little bit different. But there are so many people that are inside the narrative who have now decided to start speaking out. Now, here's another example. And this one is, is equally as, un, it makes me sick. Duke University surgeons, are refusing a 14-year-old girl a kidney transplant. Why? Because she hasn't gotten the COVID shot. And this is what I was alluding to in the other point. You know, the COVID shot that's going to destroy her immune system, increase her risk of infection, because that's important during a surgery, for the first week, remember that, then destroy the 50% potential of uh, lymphocytopenia dysregulation, and then we know that it becomes negative efficacy afterward. So why in the world you would give them something that gives them at best, if it's even that, a two to three week window of some small effect. And then it destroys everything else after that. And then in that little window, you also have the risk of myocarditis and blood clots and strokes and everything else that we just pretend aren't there. December 7th. She suffers from, and this is Alex Burnson's substack. She suffers from the senior Loken syndrome a genetic condition that is destroying her kidneys and eyes and will soon force her to have a kidney transplant. Now, and now, Yulia is facing another crisis, this one seemingly caused by her own physicians. Doctors at Duke University, where Yulia has been awaiting a kidney transplant, have told her told her parents they will not give her a new kidney unless she gets the injection now. At a time when her body is already fragile, when she's already in a position that she's already compromised, and you're going to tell her to get the shot that, one, they don't even know if it's safe for people that are immune compromised based on their own study as of right now, which, I mean, I'm already going to bring it up later, but I'll grab it for you real quick. I still, this, this still blows me away that this is not the most obvious conversation of all time. We'll get into the flu part of it later, but use in immunocompromised patients. The safety profile of the vaccine is not known. Oh, great. So, but let's hurry up and give it to them first, right? Old people and immunocompromised, they need it first, even though they're the two groups that we haven't even studied predominantly. Use and frail with comorbidities, also known as elderly people. Limited information on the safety. Oh, on top of that, we also just don't even know long-term safety at all. Unknown at present. Who knows? But give it to them anyway, right? Because safe and effective. Unreal. So she is in that position right now. They don't know if it's safe at best. Because they didn't study on people that are immunocompromised. On top of that, you're going to give it to somebody when there's no need for that. This is not, their whole argument is that taking this injection reduces the risk that would be increased if she got COVID while she was recovering. You know, that very low risk for people in her age, in general. But then they're going to go, but she's immunocompromised. and Okay, so you're pointing at the exact thing that you don't know if it's safe to justify why you should get the injection. How many times have I made this ridiculous argument? Dangerous things for your safety, hurry. My god. They won't give it to her unless she gets the injection, even though she's already had and recovered from COVID. That's the kicker. So let alone all the all the valid points about why this is dangerous to begin with, she already has gotten what they tell you is COVID. You can disagree with that. If This is my point about why there's certain parts of this conversation where it's to jump in and be like, but viruses aren't real. It doesn't, even if you're right, this conversation is it's it, all it does is derail the possibility of waking somebody up to what's going on, arguing from within their narrative, right? I'm not, you feel free to point it out wherever you want, but there's just ways to reach people, right? And the point with this is that we should point out that whether or not their argument is if they got this, well here, let's just go right to the next point. As I've shown you many times. One of an endless amount. I mean, this is one of the most embarrassing parts of the whole thing. The pretend the mo- the, the brief time period where they pretended a natural immunity was a fake story. Like let's see if I can actually grab this. With this, God, this is one of the worst things. Oh my God. I can't see this is this has got to be one of the most I don't know why they don't want to delete this at this point. This is from Kira but- Butler somebody should probably never read again from mother jones anti-vaxxers have a dangerous theory called natural immunity now it's going mainstream you read this for yourself this is not just like well we don't know whether it's applying to covid19 this is straight up attacking the concept of natural immunity you know that thing we all pretended we knew 30 seconds ago and somehow this girl just goes oh what fake news now because i'm told so how embarrassing Now, the point here, guys, is that that natural immunity has been shown repeatedly from the very beginning, even according to the WHO and the NIH. Here is the most current at science.org. You know, one of these highly regarded platforms that they pretend aren't saying the things they don't want to hear. Ultra potent antibodies against diverse and highly transmissible SARS-CoV-2 variants that applies to Omicron and beyond. The main point, our study demonstrates that people that got sick in the beginning and the point. Continues to be the same regardless of where you get it. The point they're making, if you read the whole study, is that for you get sick today, you will continue to make va- antibodies to variants of concern going forward. That's what natural immunity does. And the point is here, in the in, at least in this context, it says that the people infected from the ancestral strain produce antibodies that cross-neutralize emerging variants of concern with high potency. That should have been like breaking news. It's all over. We're good. Everyone's safe. No, nope, they don't care. Shut it down because fake news. So, back to the point, she's already gotten sick and recovered. So, she's got better immunity than anybody else with this destroyed immune system waning garbage they pretend is doing something beneficial. But it doesn't matter, right? Get it anyway. To pressure Chrissy and Lee into giving Yulia a COVID shot while holding her necessary treatment over their heads to get it done, the physicians have overestimated the efficacy of the jabs. That's a nice way to say that. On November 29th phone call that Yulia's parents recorded, Dr. Dang, Dan Chang, a pediatric infectious disease specialist claimed that the shots prevent severe disease and death. Still still just, you know, total, just tapped into the 2020 narrative, right? Dr. Chang's statement is inaccurate. And that's a nice, also a very kind way of saying that. Data from Australia, for example, shows that more than ninety percent of COVID deaths occur in vaccinated people. Now you look, it doesn't matter whether you want to go, but most people are vaccinated. That doesn't change the conversation. There are points we made about why that doesn't make any sense. Seeing as how at best that makes it benign if the same percentage, but in the context of claiming that it prevents severe disease, how does that even possibly make sense? We're not talking about an overrepresented perception percentage in that category. We're talking about the majority here. The vast majority of people dying are people vaccinated. So if there's 70% of people injected and 70% of the deaths are vaccinated, that means it's doing nothing at best. However, if it was like 10%, of the, you know, the, the bottom line, I have did a whole show on this. The point is, you know that most people are It's not preventing anything, especially because we pretend we're ignoring, or we are ignoring, all of the side effects that continue to be there. Every time they talk about this prevents severe disease and death, they're not including the blood clots and heart attacks. They, they, they're going to go on for the rest of their lives acting like that's completely unverifiable forever. Why? Because they're not even going to look into it. They love it to be unverified. That's the way theirs is being used today. Go ahead, report it all. We're just going to keep calling it unverified. Dr. Chang also told Yulia's parents that the COVID jabs would help her even though she already had COVID. That's not true. Endlessly, we've seen evidence of this to be, you know, whether we're talking about molecular mimicry, pathogenic priming, antibody-dependent enhancement, we've seen how this can affect the body. The main point, you're making antibodies that are not the correct ones for where you're currently at. As we've shown Fauci, Dr. Ryan Cole, plenty of people make the same argument. If you make the wrong antibodies, that you'll create a problem. I mean, we've made this point so many times. Even Fauci says this before COVID, and yet we can't remember that this makes sense. I mean, right now, we'll go into the bivalent. You're, you're giving people shots that are making antibodies that are no longer present. Or rather, for something that's no longer present. So based on that simple understanding, because we know that's what's happening, understand that the reality is that when you do that, you increase the chance of causing somebody, to their body to essentially attack itself. Just watching the stream, dancing and out. It's always fun. Let me know on the stream, guys. Let me know in the chat whether we're completely dropped out or not. Gotta love it. They're trying to train the body's immune system to target the right part of the virus because getting it wrong can be dangerous. We know that
1: historically with coronaviruses, that if you do vaccinate with the wrong kind of vaccine, for instance, in domestic cats who have a similar viral infection, that you can make the disease more severe.
0: Yep. Just like Fauci said, just like Dr. Cole said, just like anybody honest would tell you, I shouldn't say it like that. The point being that when Fauci said that, he was being honest before COVID, likely because he didn't have a benefit in lying to you about it. Either way, the point is that you're giving them, you're giving these people shots that create the wrong kind of antibodies, right? So as he's pushing them to get this, all you're going to do is increase her chance to hurt herself or rather to be hurt by your injection. That's my opinion, but it's just like he's going to make the point here, it's backed up by the science. You know, this old crappy conspiracy theory rag called the New England Journal of Medicine, right? Dr. Uh, Chang also told Yulia's parents that the COVID jab would help her even though she already had COVID. Quote, the natural immunity is not as good as if you had natural immunity plus vaccination. That's such a ridiculous argument. Even based on the core understanding of what vaccination is, that's inherently rooted in the idea that natural immunity is the best. And vaccination is trying to achieve that. The point was that was only done because there's a risk along with getting sick. So let's find a way to give them that immunity, maybe as good, without getting the risk. Today, they've tried to flip it on its ear and act like, well, natural immunity, that's the cheap garbage stuff. We want to give you the good injection that gives you the real immunity. That's just not true. COVID-19 has literally been used to change everything with nothing to back it up other than statements from people that have been known liars. And, in fact, as he writes, a paper published in the New England Journal of Medicine in July that examined COVID infections in more than 2 million people in Qatar cast doubt on the effectiveness of the so-called hybrid immunity. Okay, so right there, let's just say that was the only thing going on. This gigantic paper comes out and says, well, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's actually improving anything. Did they stop everything? Go Wait, wait. We're adjusting based on the new science. No, they just ignore it because they already have their narrative set. People that already agree with that go forward. Now, on top of this, there's numerous other examples saying this and even worse very clearly outlining that it increases your risk of negative side effects if you do this. There's all sorts of science out there. Yes, there's probably some that say the opposite. The point is that they do not acknowledge peer-reviewed, large, random-controlled trials that say the opposite of what they're pointing at. On the call, Dr. Chang and Dr. Eli Eileen uh, Tsai-Chambers, a pediatric kidney specialist at Duke, acknowledged that their hospital had seen no deaths or severe illness in unvaccinated patients following kidney transplants. None. Right, so they even have precedent that they can show you, well, we haven't seen any problems. But they said they've heard of deaths. Ah, great. So now we're leading into rumor. Well, they're not going to call it rumor because my doctor friend told me, and therefore my doctor's a doctor, so we, doctors don't only doctor when they doctor, right? Of course, because we have to trust them. I'm being kind of facetious, but the point is, we're now going off of what they heard somebody told them about at another hospital. Meanwhile, we know these things have been shown to be dangerous. We know that they have not seen any problems with it. We know that there's no necessary reason to get this other than the hypothetical unknown. And this is while you're ignoring all of the possible problems that can come along with this. It's as if they pretend there's nothing under the sun that can cause a problem except COVID-19, and that's why this is necessary. That's just ridiculous. They said they've heard of deaths. Dr. Chang also pointed to hospitalization costs if Yulia developed COVID-related fever after receiving transplant as a reason to require vaccination. Right, so the risk of maybe getting COVID and then maybe getting COVID enough to get sick and then whether or not that could affect the situation is enough to take an injection and increase your risks exponentially more than that slim chance and possibility. You know, while you're in an area that's supposed to be protected from infection. Realize she's in a hospital and you're going to tell us that we're at risk of getting sick in the hospital. Well, guess what? That is actually a problem, but it speaks to the a- <laughs> the absurdity pretending like these people are putting anybody, I mean, I don't know, I, my, my, my opinions are being flavored by the, the I mean, if these people are in charge, it makes you question the entire situation, doesn't it, about whether these people are making choices based on their own perceived superiority, or whether they know what's right for people, or whether they even care what you think. The bottom line is, this is like the idea of saying that the risks are more from COVID and from myocarditis, or higher from after COVID, from myocarditis, than from the injection. It's the same kind of game. Getting the injection guarantees those risks instantaneously. You first have to get COVID for that risk to even be present. And then whether or not it gets sick or whether or not you're young or in health, all these other factors. Dr. Chambers said Duke was not forcing her to receive it, only recommending it. However, we're going to refuse your life-saving treatment if you don't do what we tell you. That's the same thing happening right here. Lee Hicks said he felt that the physician knew a COVID jab would offer Julia, at best, marginal benefits. That's a very kind way to say that. In fact, a blatantly incorrect way to say that, personally. And we're simply angry that he and his wife had disagreed with them. We see this happening everywhere. Now, do we know that? No. But we do know this is happening to some degree. Quote, you're going to do what they say, or you're you're not going to get this life-saving treatment. Pretty much exactly what's happening. It's like they've forgotten sight of that's th- it's like they've forgotten s- the sight of that's the most important thing which is the girl's life right so they 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 act like they're playing this from a position that means that the injection will help them but even that help is undefined if you think it's even there right cuz that help only arguably would be there if they would possibly get sick so it's all undefined So if you're going to pretend it's not, if you know it's undefined, you have to consider the other side effects. So why would you give the girl something that could potentially make it worse? Why wouldn't you just do your best to ensure that there's no possible outside contamination? How about that? And then go forward. Nah, take the injection because you're an anti-vaxxer. Lee and Chrissy are now seeking a transplant center that will not require her to get the COVID shot. Probably the best choice they've ever made in their life. Yulia is not in immediate danger. Eminent danger, but receiving a transplant outside North Carolina, where she lives, will add to the expense and complexity of the transplant, further disrupt her life, and potentially add to the risk she faces by interfering with her routine of home dialysis. The Hickses, Hickses, who have eight biological and three adopted children, are now trying to raise twenty five thousand dollars to help pay for the additional expenses of traveling for a transplant. "Quote: We were hoping that they would not that they would come around, but from the beginning they have pushed it on us. The injection." Now, of course, the pro- see, the problem is not everybody has the resources. Even clearly, they are asking for help. But the point is not everybody has the ability to just go, fine, we'll go somewhere else. Most people are at the mercy of these kind of people. And you know what? these These hospitals, they absolutely take advantage of that. Very, very sad. Now, what's interesting, too, well, there was another point that I was going to make there. Well, just the bottom line is that they're going to try to travel somewhere else. Oh, that was what it was. That the idea that, that you're... Think about this in, the, in, in comparison to the other story. Why wouldn't they just take this girl too? Well, maybe that's where this is going. Where they're just going to step in and make it happen. Now, understand that in the medical kidnapping conversation, there's people that are teens, young, you know, in their 20s, that are people that are literally t- like held down and force-injected if they argue you're not mentally sound. Well, you got to get chemotherapy because you're too crazy to re- If you are say chemotherapy is not safe, then you're crazy, right? Even though all said and done, it has about a 3% success rate all around, including all the treatments. That doesn't make any sense to me. The point is these things are done because they're decided for you that it's the right thing. Here's another example. Unvaxed Colorado woman speaks out after hospital denies life-saving transplant. Same game here, except this one comes from a religious perspective. The bottom line is there's it's there's no reason to demand that you get it. This is like demanding that you take certain treatments at home before you come in. Do they I mean they tell you if you've been ever had surgery, they go, you know, drink lots of water, you do this and do that, and blah blah blah. Okay, what if you don't? It's the same difference. They're telling you this because they believe it's in your best interest, but if you don't. When's the last time you got turned down because you didn't have a high enough vitamin C level? The point is that they tell you to do certain things before these that are meant to keep you in good shape, but never have I seen them tell you you had to take a medical treatment first before then getting another medical treatment. Otherwise, you won't be allowed unless it was some kind of other surgery necessitating to, it was necessary to be done before the other, right? This is exactly what it looks like. Take the injection because we know you don't want to, because we know it's best for society. So do it anyway. We're going to hold this above you. There's no reason this shouldn't. This should be forced. Colorado woman. Stage five renal failure. Was being denied the kidney transplant simply because she didn't have the injection. In September, the Colorado health system denied the transplant due to the fact that she had not received the injection. Quote, I did reach out to the hospital to decide whether dialysis was an option. They said at this point, the, the injection would not be required, but told me I was irresponsible for not getting it, which later shifted, obviously. And then they said, well, now you have to. Was there? Uh, when asked if there's any justification behind the decision, she pr- uh, proposed a number of remedies, including signing a medical waiver. So, again, the point is simply, look, I will absolve you of liability. No. And there's your point. If it was really about liability, that that's all that would be needed. The point is no. The point is you should get the injection because we said so. Now, of course, giving you the absurd garbage slant coming from Fox News, Laura Ingram says, I don't know if people are smoking too much pot or what's going on. <laughs> God, so ignorant. If only they were smoking too much pot, then they might not be getting COVID or being sick from anything. All sorts of things we talk about. Of course, that's going to get people to freak out that don't understand that they're misinformed about cannabis, along with a lot of other things including Alex Burnett himself. But the point here, this is how they frame it, coming from Associated Press. Colorado woman who won't get vaccinated denied transplant. Colorado woman found out her hospital wouldn't approve her kidney transplant surgery until she got the COVID vaccine. She was left with a difficult decision, pitting her health needs against her religious beliefs. It shouldn't even be a conversation. This used to be sacrosanct. used to, well, no, your religious beliefs are important to you. Even if I don't understand them, you have that choice. But she chose her faith. So they said no. Even though she has stage 5 kidney disease. That puts her at risk of dying without it. So they are willing to let this girl die. To prove a point. To say well that you should have gotten the injection. To lessen your risk. You just let her die. Like how do you pretend that makes sense. Like again let's just say she's sitting there about to die. Which is basically where she's almost at. And they say well no we're not going to give you this. Until you take the injection. Even though that injection will put you at risk. With the position you're in. Right, because she is in a position with that to be, especially after surgery, you will, you'll be more immune compromised. So you're willing to let her dwindle away in the bed and die. And you're going to say you should have got the injection. You see, take it to its extreme. Do you not see how crazy, how malicious that is? Vindictive. As a Christian, she said, I can't support anything that's to do with abortion of babies. Now, the point is, she's referencing the fetal cell lines that did that did play a factor in some of the testing. They argue it's not in the injection, but God knows why we would listen to any of them these days. But the point is that she just doesn't agree with it in general as a a principle. And now you're going to force her to challenge her own religious beliefs because you have your own new vaccine religion. It says studies have found transplant patients who contract COVID may have a mortality rate of 20% or higher. That sounds really sound, doesn't it? May. So people... With transplants who then get COVID, which again, you're in a hospital, that's not supposed to be the case, or not supposed to be so common that you have to give force injections on people that have their own risks, may have a mortality rate of 20% or higher. Isn't that the same with any injection while well, you're in a situation where your immune system is struggling? Well, yeah. So when they get the flu, that's a problem. Do you force the flu shot on them? Well, no, you don't. How do you explain that? Doesn't matter doesn't matter this is infuriating guys it shows you how wrong these people are to the point where they're willing to die on this sh- die on this hill they're willing to go down with this some of them don't see it I argue but oh, my god well let's talk about the illusion and how this is being played out and I think part of the reason why this is still going on to little fanfare not enough I would argue at the very least this is the Twitter conversation about, as I framed it in the title, the trust the science moment for the media. Now, to be very clear about this, what we're talking about here, guys, is not necessarily that this is false information. It's about being trained to take the intermediary of information. Like right now, what's happening with this is infuriating the watch. Just this doling out of just undefined, arbitrary information, which seemingly are, is important, assuming that they were being told the truth. Now, God forbid, I should question the undefiled reputation of people like Barry Weiss or Matt Taibbi. Oh, God forbid, we should question whether they might lie to you, or might be misinformed themselves, or might be told something from the higher ups that it isn't actually true, or maybe given a full picture that's not actually the full picture. How would they know? The point is for anybody at this point to be going along with this as if it's like go. I, I'm happy to report on. I've been talking about it. Do whatever you want. Lie about it. I don't care. The point is you have a right to do what you want. That's free speech. But the point is that if you're out there engaging with this as if it's absolute, you're being dishonest. And look, I know that this is not going to be popular from all of the sides of the two-party illusion because I'm raining on the parade from every angle, right? Because I'm also in the middle going, well, you're also stupid from that side to pretend like this is nothing. Clearly, this could be a lot. And we have to wait to see it play out. And seemingly nobody on that side is going, this is just a bunch of screenshot. It's like they don't want to acknowledge the point because I think that this is being played from all sides. Now, if it comes out, everything's proven. Well, I've, I've that's one of the things I've said was one of the possibilities, but it doesn't change what's already happening now. That so many people, including people that I, res- that I respect, are seemingly going into this as if this is very clear, that this is proving this, that Elon is saving free speech. What about Alex Jones? I guess we forgot about him, huh? I guess he he got the kick to the curb in the free speech land. How is that free speech then? Now, let's get into this. And I'll go through and make these points as we go. The point is, guys, this is so incredibly not important in the the, the larger scheme of things. But I need to make these points just so people to see where I do think this is going. I'm not really, I'm not even going to get into the Twitter files two and three and four. It's the same stuff. It's statements. With screenshots, you don't get to see the full-body work, and I'll do my best to try to explain why those aren't source material for people that can't seem to wrap their mind around that, and I get it. These things can be confusing. But to show you that this is, at best, just a bunch of points that they're claiming they have access to that we have to wait and see if they can verify this. But on top of that, that there's it's just selective. We'll go, oh, here's some people that have been shadowed. By. Okay, what about everybody else? No, I get it. There's information here, but the, that has to be like... Why this wouldn't have been put out in its entirety as actual transparency and then gone through, I think is obvious because they want this to be leaked out, dripped out through Twitter and to to basically create a new. Tr- um, he, even people are saying this, that He's putting the mainstream media out of work. They're redefining what it looks like to be media right now, or at least they're trying to in a very weird, strange way. And ultimately, what what are we doing? Trusting the media, right? We're trusting these people, the independents, because they're challenging the corporate media? Not really. It's exactly the same thing. And I will try to make this as clear as I can as we go through this today. I'll try to make these points clear to show you why I think this is what's happening. And that doesn't have to mean this is fake information. As I wrote here, it's depressing how gullible and easily manipulated those lost in the two-party illusion are. I'm holding on to hope that this is merely an illusion of the majority this is the other day when I was feeling frustrated about this and most see that I'm holding on the illusion the the hope that it's merely an illusion of the majority and most see through it to one degree or another that the, the one thing they want most guys is for us to lose faith in each other. And here's the main thing to look at this whole point from some, I forget. I wish I had this article. I forgot who wrote it and I never got to do discuss it on the show, but it was a great discussion about how this is ultimately creating not just the Twitter discussion, but just all the stuff that's happening today—a situation where no, like, okay, what is this going to do? The way they're dripping this out on Twitter, on Twitter, with regardless of whether you understand it or not, with no source material. So what? What's it going to do? Well, people who already agree with this, people who already believe what he's going to say, and already believe that it's slanted one way and slanted, you know, whatever the narrative is, are going to go along with it because they've already decided this, as you can clearly see. Then you got the other side of this who have already decided this is meaningless and that Elon's a liar and that he's increasing hate speech and blah, blah, blah. And that's what they've decided. We know how this works. Those two, they will not argue and they will never change. or Never, but in in this concept, with what's being put out through this Twitter medium, they've already dug in. Then you got the middle grouping, right? Now, those people are willing to hear and sway and change their minds. But they're the people that are like, okay, well, I need proof at the very least evidence. And I need more, you know, and, and the point is that the way this is being presented is guaranteeing that the only people it's going to reach are the people on those two sides. The people in the middle are going to go, well, either I'm going to wait for more, which seemingly won't come, or I'm already moved on because this seems like a bunch of two-party nonsense yelling, right? So, and that's good. It, it applies to everything we're talking about today. The media is being presented in a way that makes sure that everybody stays where they are. I hope that's clear, because this is important to the whole damn thing. Elon Musk comes out with this, just one more lockdown, my king, with this meme. W- what are we even supposed to take from that? Right, that you're, that you're against lockdowns, or that you're against the you know the COVID stuff? Well, it's not even really true. I'll show you some important stuff in the end, where it's very clearly pro-vaccine. The bottom line is, this is just something that's going to align with, obviously, the anti-Fauci conversation, anti-Biden conversation. Which, you know how I feel about them, good. They're bad people, so too with the Trump side of this. But that's not how this gets perceived. It gets perceived as, I'm on your side, and we see what they're doing. Which gets then engaged with a lot of people on the partisan side of this, as either the, the maniac ruining the planet, or the guy who sees it all. Why we trust any of this is beyond me. And I know there are a lot of people out there that see through this. Now, here's one of the new people involved, apparently. Breaking Twitter files, part four. Oh, shocking. It's completely framed around a partisan discussion. Why wouldn't we just talk about... I mean, look, again, to be... This is the part that people don't want to hear when they pretend that I'm secretly trying to fight for one side or the other. And here's what the funny part is. Both of them point the other way. I'm a shill for the left. I'm a shill for the right. That's what's happening from both sides right now. The point is that this is important. It's to, To see how people are being shadow banned, again... Assuming what we're showing or being shown is actually the, the case, because all we get is screenshots and tweets, it's not. It's not enough. So it seems like what I, what I would think is happening, but it's not proof. But my point is, it's important to see how Donald Trump was focused on, removed, censored, or people are shadow banned, which, by the way, is still currently happening, as even Elon blatantly admitted, but we pretended something different because Elon, right? So the point is that this is selective and it's it's dripping out information. Show us what's going on. Give us the full picture. Show us an entire list of who's shadow banned. Do you honestly think that's what's co- I mean, If it does, I will happily point at it and say, good. But at the same point, it's still got people to engage like this before they ever did that. So once that comes out, is it even going to matter? To some of us, it will. But to others, it's already been defined by the way this is flowing. Now you can read through this for yourself. Now I'm going to try to make a point about why this is not enough. Because these are apparently screenshots of something. Do we know what? I mean, it looks to me, this looks typed out. This looks like it was retyped on a WordPress thing with the spelling and everything and then repackaged. So where's the source material? Where's the original? We just have to take it at face value. Twitter, Twitter files part four. What files? Well, here, let me try to make this clear before we go into some of the bigger parts. As I keep making points about the text and screenshots, no source material. Why would any honest person take that at face value? So let's try to engage with this. So KeyWalk points ask, no offense, but sincerely, what's wrong with screenshots? Why the format matters. If you're concerned screenshots can be fake, then so can emails, printouts. Yes, I agree with that. The raw data might require special internal software to read. Uh, that's again, now we're in assumption land. The point is fair enough. Screenshots or anything. WikiLeaks can, that documents can be faked. That's why we talk about question everything, right? Because at the very core value, and especially the the deep fake technological advancement part of the world we're in, to time part of the the time of the world we're in, anything could be faked to the, to its core point to where we have no clue. So that's always there. So acknowledging that it's always possible, everything could be faked all the way down to its core, including WikiLeaks documents and so on. So if that's the case, then it kind of gets becomes relevant. Right. So we know it's possible. Okay, then we're talking about screenshots of this material. Well, yeah, that could be fake, too. But the difference is not just getting the plucked out part of it and saying, well, here, look at this one shot. But instead, seeing all of it organized by timestamp about where it came from and the order that it was put out and how it relates to other discussions and where it all this thing, it matters. Instead of getting a very selective lens picture from this person's perspective. Now, in no way am I suggesting Michael or Matt or Barry, not that I know for sure, are in somehow influencing or lying. The point is, it's possible that they themselves could be manipulated. I don't know why anybody would disagree with that. So, I've answered, nothing is wrong with that, with screenshots. You just can't claim to know that it's genuine, can you? Now, you couldn't necessarily, as I always point out, say that with anything, right? Even with WikiLeaks. Is it possible to fake? Yes. But in this case, it gets more and more removed from the source, right? So if you're choosing to trust Elon in this case, and, I'll, and for those pointing out uh, the, the kind of undefined point right there, I'm going to make it more clear in a second. You're choosing to trust any of them. If you can't see that you're just simply choosing to trust them at this point, I'm not sure how else to frame it. I'm not suggesting that it should be ignored. So hear that for out there acting like I'm saying fake news. No, I'm not. Or that it's fake. Only that we don't know. Addressing this any other way is dishonest. So here is one of the discussions they had about the tune in for episode two, this on the second and third, and Jack chimes in and says, the goal, if, is the, if the goal is transparency to build trust, why not just release everything? Which, of course, I agree with. The obvious point is, well, why didn't you do that, Jack? Like it's such, a, it's such a fake back and forth, personally, but obviously that's the right statement. Again, just because you point out the statement being correct, it gets framed as supporting Jack versus Elon, and that's stupid. Because it doesn't matter who says it. Yes, we should demand all of it so we can judge for ourselves. It says including all discussions around current and future actions. But it's stupid for Jack to say that, seeing as how he played exa- his role in this too. But Elon says most important data was hidden from you 2 which is interesting, giving him an out. And some may have been deleted, but everything we'll find will be released. Okay, well, that's not very hopeful, is it? This, I promise you, the way that there's so many caveats to this about whether if we right there are being told that this guy Baker was involved and people are hypothetically going, well, he probably deleted all this or all of that. We'll never know. Well, they're going to play into that. And there it is right there. Some could have been deleted. We don't know. But we'll give you what we have. Cool. That sounds really, really solid, doesn't it? Now, just because you want to trust him, people get mad when I say things like that. Like the woman who responded, like, I know why you guys are depressed because you guys, she just doesn't let you have a win. Yeah, except we do. We only point out things that we know are positive successes, like what we did with the injection discussion and showing people the reality or breaking down false flags overseas and showing people, you know, there's wins all over the place. I just don't accept these garbage wins that you want to childishly pretend are what you want them to be. And I could be wrong. But Christian Ruby follows up, and this is the important part. She goes, except that it hasn't been. The released part. No one is going to trust second-party reporting on this which will come baked with the bias of the reporter. Obvious. If you want anyone to take this seriously, release all the files publicly and let us investigate on our own through your uh, own verses through your favorite reporters. Now, I don't even know who Christian Ruby is. The point is, just by simply, I think I shared it and said, thank God somebody can remain objective. And probably that gets turned into me supporting the corporate media or whatever kind of subjective people that are going to subjective subjectives going to subjective, right? That's what's going to happen. People are going to be like that because that's who they already are. The point is, that's a valid statement. No one is going, I mean, no one, a lot of people clearly are stupidly choosing to, but nobody should be trusting secondhand reporting. When she says, release all the files publicly to the public and let the public investigate for those of you who do not seem to get this. And here's my point, guys. She got viciously attacked for that. Read the the responses. The same kind of stuff we're talking about. How How is that not the most objective statement in the world? Let it be released so everybody can come to their own conclusions. And everyone attacked this by saying, oh, they're biased. What about all the left bias? Well, who even brought left, right into this? Like, read the comments. It'll blow your mind. She even had to respond and go, look, I'm not talking about their bias. I'm just simply saying, yeah, that she had to explain that is ridiculous. A lot of it could be bots and so on. But this is just simple, basic logic. We should demand to see everything. Now, this one, same point, that's responding to this comment. He says, if you don't trust Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, who do you trust? Taylor Lorenz? Just to make my point more clear. Who is talking about trusting anybody? The fact that these people need someone to trust shows you the problem. They have been trained. And now we're being trained again to take this new dynamic as the new flow of media. Bunch of screenshots and text like that can't be altered, right? Now, and there's even an edit button on Twitter now. Hooray! How is this going to work? The problem is that they, one, think it's obviously she's suggesting that other people on the other side, even though that's not what's happening, but that we should just trust somebody. Now, here's the main point about the source material. As I was pointing out, I said, I'm not saying that we should have waited. I've been talking about it. Only that no one should take it at face value until the source material is released. That's the most logical statement in the world, but I've been attacked for that since the moment this started. And I said, like WikiLeaks, anyone pretending right now, this is all verified, is not honest or not very bright. <laughs> you know, And I say that that's what gets people to attack because they're they they feel insulted, and they probably should, to be honest, but that's not fair of me to say. But I said, aren't those, and she says, aren't these documents supposed to be copies of source material? WikiLeaks publishes copies. That's a, that's a fair point, except here's the difference. She says, yes, WikiLeaks provides a link, but it's to their archived version. Somebody co- chimed in on that. And I said, yes, source material, not a screenshot of something, but the actual document and its timestamps and the information and all, the full picture. I said, none of that outside of selective screenshots. I'm assuming it's screenshots, by the way, as some just look like typed out pages, pages, has been shown with the supposed Twitter files. Not files of anything, guys. These are statements with very selective shots showing you something. Now, again, I if, if, I don't know why I need to say it all uh, as often as I do, but I, I know people are you know, trying to suggest things as I'm going through this, just how the world works, that ultimately I genuinely do think that what we're looking at here is, is just a fraction of the truth, but nonetheless true. And on top of that, I should have said it at the beginning... I mean, I know, I see a lot of people pointing this out, honest people, that what we're talking, is anybody confused that there was shadow banning? Other than the people out there that were the ones yelling that we're all wrong on Twitter, whatever else, everybody knew this, everybody. Now, yes, it's good to have some verification, but that's not what we have, do we? We've got the assumption of verification because that hasn't been verified yet. So we have assumption of verification about something that we already pretty much knew was happening, you know, shadow banning, censorship, and on and on and on. Trump being attacked and targeted. I mean, come on. Do we really need this? This feels very fabricated to me. But as I went on, she went on to say, it's still a source material. Albeit redacted. The screenshot, right? The Duma files were just copies of email correspondence. Not a huge leak. The first part of it was published on Pierce Robinson's before we at least published more. Okay. So here's what I said. Okay. And this is what I think is important to understand. I'm not even trying to be insulting. What we're dealing with is a fundamental misunderstanding of what source material is, which makes perfect sense and I argue is likely engineered. She says if ter- internal Twitter correspondence isn't a, isn't source material, then please give example of what is. Now, I'll explain more, but here's what I said that I think is the easiest way to look at it. And I simply asked her, are you suggesting, if, and it, by the way, this is everywhere. I've seen all sorts of people, mostly on the right, make this argument. that The Twitter files is WikiLeaks. It's on the same level as WikiLeaks. That is what we're being told by some people right now. And I asked her, are you suggesting the supposed Twitter files are on par with WikiLeaks releases? If your answer is hopefully, hopefully no, there's your answer. Ask yourself how they differ. Your answer is right there. Okay, so think about that. WikiLeaks, which by the way... <laughs> We've already talked about how it seems that it's already being altered, and manipulated, and there's pages that are missing, which is crazy. I haven't followed up on that, but it, it was very clearly down last time I looked at it in a lot of different important files. But right now, what we're talking about is the difference between a screenshot of something, which is partly something, right? But when you're talking about source material, we're not just saying the like the original handwritten document, because that, too, could be altered. It's the full body of information. Right. So, as if you're talking about the screenshot, the source material would be the entire conversation in a series of conversations, all outlined by time with the engagement back and forth. So you can see the full picture. And then, of course, going, well, maybe somebody lied, altered, blah, 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 which is always there. The big difference is instead, we're getting a selective shot of one piece of a conversation. Right. That's not the source material is the full picture, is that I think the best way to put that. Now, what I think Doom made the best example of here. Is he responded in this? Well, she responded. Uh, oh, well, these are the last two points on this. She asked about, you know, give me an example of, of what a source material is. And she responds with these two images showing you the WikiLeaks docs and the Podesta emails. And I simply said, well, here's a great example. Do you consider those screenshots to be source material? Right? Because you're, you're showing the docs. There's the title right there. Well, obviously not, right? Because you don't have the full picture, all the data, but it does dis- tells you everything about it. I hope this is resonating with people because it's very clear to me. So that's not, obviously not source material. The source material would be the documents within that link. And she says, you've stated your interpretation and I've stated mine. And kind of her point was that she chooses to trust first and then question, which I think is obviously my point, right? And she gives you the links, and then Doom makes the best point. Thank you, Doom, for stepping in and making this clear. In your link that you provided, that provided has source material right there in the screenshot. That that is source material, not just the screenshot of the leaked document, but the document that you can download, you can engage with, you can read, you can see. I mean, that that's the source material, and which could also be altered, faked, yes. Now, if you don't see the difference between those two things, I'm not really sure how to make that any more clear. But the problem is, guys, is that we're at a point now where these Twitter files are being stated or put out there and then being engaged with as if that's what just happened. People are even comparing this to WikiLeaks. Now, it may be, maybe tomorrow when something actually gets released, but at this moment, it's not. That if you're engaging with it as as if it is, then you're being deceived. This was this is just the start where it started here where I said this in general, asking in the beginning on December fourth why are so few pointing out this is just screenshots with text? Hotep Jesus responded saying many are thinking it, few are speaking it because so many are celebrating they do not want to be the black sheep. Exactly, they want to rain on the parade. Well, too bad guys, truth is more important than feelings. Now going to the next part of this, here's what we see happening. To going back to my point about the middle left and right. Not even necessarily left and right, but that is what we're talking about. But sort of the people on the the outskirts or rather, I don't want to say extreme because that gets misrepresented, but you know, the extreme versions of this two of the conversation. And then you got the people kind of generally in the middle. And the way this gets presented, you guarantee that, that are that are objective people were largely kind of put this aside. And the people who have already made their minds up, well, guess what? Continue to have their minds made up. And I think that's how this is intentionally being presented. So what happens is you get people like this. Mr. Hotez coming out and saying, for the record, because if you haven't seen it, Elon, just pandering to one side right now, comes out and says, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci, which eh, is funny, you know, but does it mean anything? Does, is something going to happen? Or is he just throwing a bone to people who may be a little bit unnerved because he didn't let Alex Jones back on? Or maybe a little upset because there's plenty of examples of how he does not, in fact, actually feel that way. Well, you know, God forbid that you challenged Elon Musk folk hero today, but. The point is, he says, for the record, Dr. Fauci has done nothing wrong. That's categorically false, except serve our nation. And that's wrong? (laughs) Dr. Hotez, I don't think you're as bright as you think you are. Dr. Fauci has done nothing wrong, except serve our nation. Yeah, I kind of agree with you if you believe that serving the nation is a wrong thing to do. (laughs) That's kind of hilarious, isn't it? And I mean that in the sense of serving the government, not the people. In the meantime, Mr. Musk should know that 200,000 Americans needlessly lost their lives from COVID due to this kind of anti-science rhetoric and disinformation. How is it anti-science to say prosecute Fauci? See my point? Like, so he is the science. You guys are ridiculous. You can't even lie properly. The point at the end of the day is he's arguing 200,000 Americans died because of COVID, which they then argue as a liberal number where they scooped up all sorts of other things to, oh, but now it's absolute fact, right? Elon, I'm asking you to take this tweet down. Well, guy, if he does, he'll be pretty upset about that. Just because that would be ridiculous. I doubt he will. My point, though, I didn't even I I really pick these things out until just now. What an idiot. So I shouldn't I should have said that. But the point here, guys, is that ultimately what we're creating is a situation where you get this kind of argument, right? Where it's just law narrative. Everybody's wrong. You guys are dangerous. And then you get the other side where I've, I was just showing these where people are in this seemingly uniform tweet function where Br- Gi- Giuliani comes out and says, what Elon Musk exposed goes further than Biden. And it's really Joe Biden reveals how far the Democrat party with big tech and legacy media will go to silenced and time to hold them accountable. Except that's literally the opposite of what this ultimately showed, which is one thing I disagree with one that Matt Taibbi seemed to argue without with limited information that he admits to, which is weird that there was no government involvement, or at least he didn't see any which is ridiculous. There's plenty of evidence on the record showing you this. But again, he's looking through only what he's being handed. It's exactly the point. But on top of that, that we know that it's both sides. Even Elon Musk and even what they said showed you that both sides were abusing this policy. But I, I will happily show, agree that it's clearly one more than the other in this circumstance. But here's Giuliani repackaging it how he wants to and then look here comes another politician doing like the exact same tweet what elon musk is goes further than under but that's weird yeah because these people are taking advantage shouldn't be surprising at all this is the chair of the michigan republican party is that strange just re got you know that's what they do the point is that you got people like Hotez coming out and going, We're all, we should hold that. You know, these people are putting people's lives at risk. And what you're going to do is get some people scared into those positions. Then you're going to get people on this side saying it's only this and it's only that. and We need to do a Democrat party and you get people to go that way. The point is that people in the middle see through both of those. Doesn't change their opinion. What you do is you dr- you continue to keep people in their positions and you divide people further. This is dividing people. Then you got the sycophants out there, like Matt Wallace here. Do do you support Elon Musk? This guy, every 30 seconds, seems to be sidling closer to Elon Musk's, you know, behind, continuing to make more and more. uh, He's saving. uh, It's like every 30 seconds I see a tweet from him saying he's saving free speech. Right. Maybe scoot back a little bit. Just give him some room. Right. I mean, the the idea that this is so clear by it's 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 kind of it's sycophant. This is a sycophant. Says, and this person responds saying, crazy how much some of you guys simp for Elon. Here's what Mr. Maxwell said. He's on Team Humanity, not Team Globalist Takeover. Oh, because we know that, do we? You should be simping for him on your lucky stars. He exists. We only get people like him once every 100 years. Jeez, my God. Now, whether this is, and you know, here's these, one of these tweets that show you, you know just look them up for yourself, how he is literally in lockstep with the agenda of the Great Reset. But people like this just don't don't want to hear it because he's on my team because that's what we're supposed to say, right? My point is we don't know because we don't. Maybe he's woken up. Maybe he realizes he was wrong. Maybe not. The point is that everyone seemingly, like I keep pointing out on both sides, have already made their minds up before this ever started. Do you support Elon Musk? What do you mean support him? The answer, the real question, the real point should be question everybody all the time regardless but yet we're being kind of channeled into groups, you know, sort of like dividing and conquering. Here's Matt Wallace again. Elon Musk has turned Twitter into the only trustworthy social media company. Really? What about True Social? That's kind of interesting, isn't it? I mean, the bottom line, I'm not saying I think that. I'm saying that's a that's a like a Trump thing, right? The only tr- I mean, how look, the point is simply how do you even pretend that you know that? You just say it because it works for you and because you know people will cheer it and you'll get 73,000 likes. That's why you don't know that. And anybody honest should regard that as somebody who's not trustworthy because you're just going to say what you think and act like it's the fact. Barry Weiss. This is on part two. Twitter secret blacklists. Well, guess what? There's some, there's some important stuff in there. If it's actually true. And if it actually gets backed up by source material, but the point is that it's only very selectively pointed out as uh fiorella points out rightly so so only conservatives got blacklisted because that's all that got shown weird you know why because i would point out the same non-partisan accounts anti-imperialist anti-war and anti-establishment and she says real left but that's i disagree with that non-western accounts are consistently shadow banned censored and there were people on the actual left that also got but the point is that this is very selectively being framed and if you disagree with that you're just taking a side Because you can't pretend it's not selectively being framed when it is by the definition of the term selectively being framed and only showing you what they pluck out of it. If you wanted to make this a balanced discussion, at the very least, Barry Wise could have shown you some from all of them, even if it's not equal. At least show you one that's somewhat like us. No, not going to happen. Us as I mean nonpartisan. But Colin Rugg points out, breaking Twitter files number four is out. The removal of Donald Trump. Here's what he says. Elon is putting the mainstream media out of business. Good. Mainstream media sucks. But you know what else is really concerning? Pretending like this is anything other than the same exact thing in a TikTok, Twitter kind of way. Right. Dumbed down remedial 230 characters. Right. So welcome to the new media. Right. That's what it looks like. This is the trust the science moment of the media where they are creating a world where you just trust what you're being. And if you challenge that, well, you get attacked by everybody. See how that works? This is the same thing, guys. This is the trust the trust the science of the media being executed, in my opinion. That's whether or not this gets proven to be exactly what the truth is. Because the point is about getting you to pretend it already was before you knew. Even if it ends up being the case. Because that's even, that's even smarter if you really think about it. Because then it cement, cements them even further. So the next time they lie to you, you're absolutely certain. You know, like the CIA guy says when he talks about giving you four stories and then one fake one, or however that worked, to get you on their side, and then they really sell you under the like. This is how we understand things work. We always have people just fall for it. Now, here's an example of how this is already happening. Now, look, I please do not take this as a. I, I'm not. I don't know who Dana Metcalf is in this case, Raven. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the work. In no way am I suggesting that she's being dishonest, that she's lying, or any of that just to be very clear about that. My point is just to simply show you how this gets engaged with already. And this has already been the case for a while. The whole Twitter thing is just making it much, much more ridiculous. Dana Metcalf comes out and says, breaking whistleblower inside the Health Science Center Hospital has now provided evidence for the national inquiry that fraud was committed on death certificates to say COVID was the cause. Doctors are committing fraud, which hopefully we already know. It's already been literally proven. And you know, I don't use that word lightly like Dr. Eli 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 E E A L Y who we've talked to before in regard to I believe he's one of the first people to really break the story about how they were altering how this went down the underlying cause of death would become the real cause of death and they would swap them out if covid was involved. He's been breaking that for a long time now. So nonetheless it's still interesting and important for her to have a source that's backing this up, right? Okay. So that's all that happened. You can look at her follow-up. There's no source material. It's her saying that she's got this. Now, as a journalist, if she's got an inside source, that's that's interesting. You And you, can, you should engage with it as long as you can walk away going, we don't know for sure. Because we don't know for sure unless you just want to trust her, which you shouldn't do, especially today. But that doesn't mean dismiss it either. See, this is what's so hard for people: is this is social engineering that we're trying to rework and break back out. But here's my point: raise your eye view. I view source. There's no implication there. Just I I do the same. I just what I do these days is I say thank you in advance. Can you give me the link? (laughs) Some people don't flip out on you, but they do anyway. Jimbo responds: one, open your eyes. First major source. Two, turn off the propaganda machine. That's your response. So she's stupid for for asking for source material. Jimbo, you're missing the point, man. Open your eyes first as the major source. So your eyes are, your, your source is provable information or at the very least evidence to back up what you're saying. You know, some kind of an interview with her on the record or the whistleblower or documentation from inside that proves what she's saying. You know, source material. But nope, if you engage with this, you'll find exactly what I keep pointing out. That people are almost vicious about this you dummy, don't you, can't you do your own due diligence? Like, my God, the fact that how it's been so weaponized for people to attack people, asking the most basic of journalistic questions, it shows you the agenda that's playing out, guys. It's very, very clear. Here's another interesting one. I forget, how this was important. I forget what it said, but the bottom one was the, next, the most important. Here's the same tweet, breaking. Somebody responds, and she goes, it's amazing how many people don't believe firsthand testimony. But yeah, but that's not, we haven't seen that yet. Right now, what we have is you claiming to have firsthand testimony, right? Now, when that gets released, well, yes, that's much different when you can actually look at them talking. But even then, you can engage with it as, well, maybe they lie. Maybe she's lying. Maybe it's fake. Always. Yeah, that's the uncomfortable reality of our world. You can't just pretend it's not there. But this is my point. Is it, it's, it's like we're exacerbated. Like, don't don't they see what I texted here? Don't they see what my text says? How dare they suggest that I might make it up? Well, that's just called being skeptical. It's logical to to be in the middle until you find something that's been proven. This person says, didn't they get money from every COVID death? Or was that just the states? And the, this, is at the, this is what she says after this. I'm not clear on the details, but we have someone working on that. Okay, so you, you're going to get upset that people aren't amazed that people don't have or believe what you're saying is firsthand testimony. But then admit that you don't have all the data yet. So why would you dump this out there before you had all the data? Now, look, again, I don't know how this plays out will make all the difference. Maybe tomorrow she's going to dump the the affidavit in the video and show you the point. Okay, but point is, at this moment, it's clear that this is not fully there yet. And people are already being pushed back about asking for more on the story. It's just very weird to me that we are. I can see people being retrained on how to engage with information. Very fascinating and very concerning. Here's another example, one that's easy to prove in real time. This person says, breaking news. You may have seen this one before December 7th, 2022. Supreme Court has canceled universal vaccination in the United States. Bill Gates, chief infectious disease specialist Fauci, and Big Pharma have lost a lawsuit in failing to prove that all of their vaccines over the past 32 years have been safe for all citizens. You might have seen this one before. Okay, that's a big statement. 16,000 likes. 6,000 retweets. Just a bunch of text, right? You might be shocked to find out it's completely false current Cammy says case link. Not, you liar, I don't believe you. Just give me the link so I can look into it further. Usually somebody asking for the case link is somebody who's interested, somebody who wants to be able to talk about this, but, you know, not be subjective about it. And these people lose their minds. Do your own damn research. You know how to read? So it in the podcast. That's actually what this says. And I'm not even usually, like I usually do put more spin on it. There's a question mark and an exclamation mark. Do you know how to read? Type. How do we have to provide S for you? S-S-H-I-T. We put up articles. You could do some effort. Lazy much? Now, typically, when you get a response like that, it's a good indication that people are, like, aggressively trying to stop people from... Like, the point is, this is fake. This is not real. This has been repeated over and over and over for three years now. It's not real. There is This is not a true story. This says, now, next, people responding... Say, when the tweet mentions a universal vaccine mandate, which doesn't exist, you date you better damn well provide a link. This person goes, here's a link. Not sure it's reliable, though. And guess what? The page doesn't load anymore. And it's not reliable. And the information does not go anywhere. There's no case number. And the point is, I went, frustratingly took far too long, trying to make sure, just because, and by the way, I did this, I did this many, I did this when this first circulated. The person says she searched for it. It's not there. And this person simply responds, it happens when seeking truth. Just like this way to undermine people. But the bottom line is, it's not true. Oh, here there was a, oh wait, did I have it up twice? Let me see. Oh, that's the same link. So here is the same thing. Universal vaccination court canceled it all back from 2021. Here's a video from 2020 that's been taken down saying the same thing. Bill Gates and his side sidekick, where was it? It's just weird how this is loaded funny now that it's covering the title. (laughs) That's weird. Hold on. You can see it right there, though. Supreme Court has ruled that it's not, you know, vaccines law. It's the same thing, guys. This has been put out numerous times, just like a lot of this garbage has. But maybe just maybe this person pumping it back out with all this engagement because he's like, hey, everyone else is just stating things without anything backing up. Maybe I'll do the same. Let's just kick out the same lie again. Here it is right there. Victory, Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, Big Lowe's massive Supreme Court case. Almost 800,000 views. Every single one of them upvoting this are wrong. This is fake. It's not real. You don't need to look up some ridiculous fact check to prove that. It's not real. So the bottom line is, guys, we're in a world now where it's being normalized to do just that. And then it's also being normalized to do this. To attack people for asking for source material. So you can get somewhat of an uh, somewhat of a sense of why this has frustrated me over the last so many days. To see people so irritatingly, and my point was not just random people on Twitter, but people that I respect that are doing the similar things. And it's, it's hard, hard to watch that. So the point is, guys, this is what they're trying to train you to be okay with. In my opinion, I could be wrong. Now, here's another example to go on top of that. Yeah, somebody points out it sounds like some of the Q nonsense. It does. I mean, it's the same idea. Here's some text. That's actually a great overlap, right? Here's some text. Now, you trust the source, don't you? Trust the plan. So take the text and just pretend as if you already know that it's the, the, the reality and not that there's more behind it or there could be or they were wrong or they were misinformed or they lied to you or, you know, all the possible things under the sun that you're not supposed to ask and just take it face value, right? Here's an interesting thing, though. I saw, by the way, this is very strange. This was everywhere. This was promoted, by the way, which means either they paid for it or Twitter was putting it there. And it was, I mean, I'm literally not making this up. Somebody else just pointed this out the other day. It was every fifth tweet, the same thing. Every five tweets, the same thing over and over and over. I should have recorded it so I could show you either way. I got the part where I showed you to promote it. I don't know if that necessarily is important, but it might be. The point is this Joe Lionsdale guy, part of Palantir point this out this phd disinformation researcher says i'm behind the twitter files strategy i'd like to thank the academy for like you know like like an acting thing right but seriously credit for the twitter files goes to elon matt and barry not not selling me really hard right now americans deserve the truth and the legacy press isn't going to help okay well who brought up the legacy press right like it's they are towing a narrative here guys now, let's take a look at the tweet that he screenshots with no source material. Oh, sure. shocking, shocking. But it says, it turns out that I was spot on to suspect cabals within Twitter were censoring for political reasons without transparency or leadership. But what, I think we all, think we, you're, you were spot on to suspect what literally everybody knew was happening. An unpredictable twist is that the, the lawyer that we knew worked for the FBI, that we all knew worked for Twitter, would do what he would have done to the FBI. Shocking! <laughs> I just I'm kind of blown away that this is some kind of jaw-dropping point that they make clear. Elon was aware, because you can prove that Cernovich pointed out to him a year ago that Baker was there. Now, sure, he could have forgotten, but this is the lead general counsel on Twitter. And you're somehow surprised that he's involved with this process? Like, I just don't buy that. Anyway, but the point is, he goes on to make these statements. The point is this, the tweet that's out there, which I found, which is right here. Caroline Bueno, which again, I'm not familiar with any of these people. So if there's some kind of like... the the argument being that this is somehow like a a left versus right thing, which probably is, or, you know, mainstream media. The point is this stuff you can look at. So this is a twofold point. One, I find it interesting the claim that she's making. I I don't know whether I think it's necessarily the full picture or not, but I find it interesting. And I find it interesting this is being promoted to like, go out of your way to attack this constantly that this is all fake news. And meanwhile, they're saving the day on Twitter. It's like, hmm, that seems really hollow to me. So you should look at the other tweet, not just take this one guy's argument that if you're attacking Elon, you must be a bad guy, right? That's 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 what the that's why they want you to go away from this thinking that. And it could be the truth, but it's just, this is what she says. So it appears that Elon Musk's decision to release the Twitter files and to frame them as an indictment of the left were heavily influenced by Joe Lionsdale, the co-founder of Palantir. This guy right there. And it says, this is a private message from Lonsdale, Lon, Lonsdale to Musk just weeks before bot Twitter. Now, look at that, a screenshot, right? Well, you can't prove that. It looks like a shot of something, right? Except the interesting part that's different here is she gives you a, a link to a whole bunch of source material. It's quite a bit different, isn't it? Now, again, these themselves could be fake. This could be altered. That's always possible with no matter the same thing can go for a WikiLeaks document. That's always possible. So that's now because that's a ubiquitous concern, you just kind of in this conversation, you set that aside. It's a constant. Everything could be. And you look at the fact that these are information that you should look through a skeptical lens about, but that you have the timestamps, you have the organization, the flow of the conversation. You can check these things. You can confirm them and look on Twitter and look up the handle and look up the information. You could do that if you wanted to. This is what source material looks like. That's not supposed to be a praise for this person or anything like that. I don't even know the work behind it. I'm just simply pointing out that's what it looks like to provide source material. Okay, back to the argument. What she's saying is, and you can see the tweet here. And I did, it is in there. I just looked at it a moment ago. Excited to see the stake in Twitter. Awesome. Backdoor man, they're saying, ha ha. Hope you're able to influence it. I bet you the board doesn't even get full reporting or see any report of censorship decisions and little cabals going on there. But they should. The lefties on the board likely want plausible deniability. Now, what's interesting to me, that seems to paint the exact picture that Elon's painting. Right. So she comes at this from the angle of that this guy influenced him to do it this way. But that's not really what that sounds like. Right. It actually sounds like them having a conversation that they didn't know someone was going to look at that suggests that the left was influencing the flow of this and that even the leaders of Twitter didn't know it was happening. Take take it for what you will. That could be false. It could be a way to cover Jack's ass. Who knows? But it's interesting because the point is she's providing source material to back up what she's saying, which is a very interesting point in contrast to what's happening with Twitter files. But the way she frames it, to me, seems to be slanted with a partisan angle going forward. It says, there's the source. And it says, so it appears that Elon Musk's decision on you know, the same point. And here's Palantir co-founder Joe Lionsdale offering to arrange a meeting between Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis, who apparently called Lonsdale and said he has ideas to help Elon. It says, hi, even governor DeSantis just called me just now with ideas, how to help you and outraged that the board and saying the public is rooting for you. Let me know if you or somebody on your side wants to chat with him. It would be fun to see if you guys are around this weekend. Again, I, I mean, I don't see what she's saying about that. Elon Musk, DeSantis connecting, it doesn't really surprise me. So it's just interesting the way that she's framing that. But the same point she goes here, right? The same argument they make about the tweet images without the source material on the Twitter file side, which would be that, well, DeSantis or anybody else could speak up and say, that's not real. Therefore, you should just blindly trust it, <laughs> which I don't agree with. Just because there are people out there that could speak up to argue, yes, it's like what their argument was, the Twitter employees could speak up and, and say that it's fake. So the argument being that we should probably take it at face value. I've already seen that made. If it comes down to probably taking it at face value, there's always, that's the ro- always the wrong way to go. Always. Always question. Always have skepticism, discernment. Don't ever just go, well, we'll probably just take it at face value. No, that is not how this goes. Or rather, not how it should go if you want to be informed and not be tricked finally uh last last one she says and here's elon musk just before buying twitter telling his billionaire friends to refer potential employees to him but only if they can write good code he literally called twitter a software company and said he wasn't interested in management which explains a lot okay i mean personally i don't find this to be the bombshell that she seems to frame it as and then even more interesting, as Joe Lionsdale seems to either pay for or Twitter pays for or allows this aggressive promotion of pretending that she's a disinformation agent. <laughs> what, what am I missing? So Very interesting here. But overall, what I think the most important point is, is that it comes with this gigantic body of 40 pages of source material, along with a claim that seems kind of irrelevant to the larger point, but wildly contrast to the lack of such on the Twitter files. I just find that to be very interesting. And then fi- to make the the real final point before we, uh, this is one more section on the Twitter point that I want to get into and this is the Trump overlap, which is what Barry Weiss had to say here at the end of her, towards the end of one of her last streams or uh, streams, one of her last text tirades, whatever you want to call it. She says, the authors have broad and expanding access to Twitter's files, which, you know, them, them. The only condition we agreed to was that material would first be published on Twitter, which is kind of ridiculous, first of all. But on top of that, that doesn't seem to be the only thing because Matt clearly posted that he agreed to numerous conditions, but only posted the one. So was he just, did he mistype that? I don't know. Overall, it doesn't seem very, doesn't really keep, leave me with a positive feeling, but she then says, we're just getting started on our reporting. Like I hate, even if it's honest, I don't believe, or at least we don't know it is yet, but even if it is, I can't stand this style of dripping these things out in undefined timeframes with somebody new each time. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I understand the idea of trying to open the door up to dip me. Look, how about if this was, if these were genuine independent researchers, that would make me feel a lot better. Now, actually, I don't, I'm not very familiar with some of these newer ones, so maybe they are, but I don't see personally Matt Taibbi being very wise to be anything other than corporate entities personally. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't like the style. It is rife with with possible ways this could be manipulated, abused, or that people just lose interest in it because it's drailing on. With P- I, I, bottom line is what she says next. We're just getting started on our reporting. Documents cannot tell the whole story here. What, Barry? Documents can always tell the whole story. In fact, it's usually the only thing that can actually tell the whole story not you plucking your parts out of it and selectively, arbitrarily dumping them in front of people in random Tuesdays and Wednesdays and next week, whatever. Documents cannot tell the whole story. You know what that sounds like to me? Don't look at the WikiLeaks to score Just listen to what we tell you they say because we're on your side, right? Don't read the scientific research. Just listen to what Fauci says they say. This is the trust the science moment for the media. I pr- that is Everything in my body tells me that's what's happening. But I could be wrong. Question what I'm saying? Come to your own conclusions about it. Documents cannot tell the whole story here, she says. A big thank you to everyone who has spoken to us so far. If you are a current or former Twitter employee, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, so now we're taking on interviews? Meanwhile, there's this gigantic body of work that you tell us is so big that you have to take time to go through it and dole these things out, but come talk to us because we're taking interviews? Like, why don't you just get the information out first? Nothing about this feels right to me, guys. Now, yes, I'm a skeptic, right? I'm a contrarian. And we think that's the only way to live today based on how obviously they've shown that we're being lied to. But just trying to show you what I see. Personally, I feel a trap. And I'm very concerned about how some people are engaging with this as if it is everything or nothing. Because truthfully, not much has really changed when you break it down. Now, yes, some people have been let back on. Others have been refused still, myself included. But the point is that it's still the same thing. We're seeing a few little weird additions of something changing. Some things work, some things don't. But ultimately, there's still shadow banning. There's still suppression. There's still censorship. This is uh, I, I, hold on. Remember, I want to make sure I get his name correct. Paul Carden, who sent me his work in the past, and I haven't got. I you know honestly haven't been able to give it the attention that it deserves. But he writes, as it says in his uh, in his bio, for the, uh, Falkland's Veteran. He's an author. His his uh, book was Return to Bomb Alley in 1982. The Falkland's Deception by Paul Cardin. Now, you can read it for yourself. It's interesting. There's a lot of interesting... Whole, it's a very so specific topic, which is one of the reasons why I don't think I've, I've talked about it. But he sent me some very interesting stuff over the years. The point is that he's talking about stuff that kind of shows you insights into certain situations in the past that we're not supposed to talk about. Right? So... He says from today, after an appeal that started two months ago, his old Twitter account with 9,000 plus followers is now gone, which so this finished during Elon's Twitter and he got deleted. Why? Guess what? Hateful conduct. Just like me. Hateful conduct. Hateful. So it's hateful when you tell the truth about our country's history or any country's history, apparently, that we're not supposed to talk about. But this happened now during Elon's Twitter. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's less. I don't know. But ultimately, I don't feel it. And I just want to just include this again to show you that I am also still being censored as I put in my appeal for the TLAV account, which is still gone, and it got turned down as hateful conduct. Violence, uh, directly attacking or threatening people on the basis of their race, gender, or disease. That's an interesting addition since Elon took over. Hmm, what does that mean? Bottom line is, I got censored on this account under the guise of medical misinformation. And then when I appealed it, they turned it down under hateful conduct. How in the world does that happen? Well, I can tell you as they shift into a different discussion, as we shift into your words are violence and we're getting away from the COVID argument. This is where this goes, guys. I, I hope I'm wrong and I hope I get reinstated. I just don't see it happening. Now, I add this to the same point. Jack Posovic points out, hey, guess what? Twitter's brought back Laura Loomer. So I said, what kind of process reinstates loomer before someone like Dr. Peter McCullough? What happened to the people have voted? Now, I'm not buying this whole EU argument about how the European Union has ruined this process. Like, it's just, it's, it's, if you're going to, if, if he's completely bound or will respond to the actions of other governments around the world, it's the same game. Why? So why wouldn't he, if the US government or any government can step in and, and make him change his process, well, then this is never going to happen. And we should have already known that. But he said the people voted, didn't he? Wasn't that the process? And if you listen to the partisan players, free speech was saved when Elon first had the thought to even consider buying Twitter. Because, you know, that's how it goes. It's already over. I just, I just don't understand this. It doesn't matter what you think about her. Maybe gonna get into that. The bottom line is that this, that Dr. Peter McCullough, or people like this, are the very first people that should have been brought back especially since he removes the COVID misinformation policy, probably why he sidled me over to hate speech or whoever did that. So I can't get reinstated, just my personal opinion. But here's David Sachs. If Elon Musk hadn't bought Twitter, guess what? According to this guy, shadow banning would still be happening. Because it's not, right? Isn't that what you're supposed to think? Twitter would still be denying it because it's existence. But now that it's exposed, they want you to believe the practice was well understood and the story is non-relevant. It's as usual, somewhere in the middle, isn't it? But the point is that it wasn't really like the, the bottom line about it being exposed, first of all, means that you're buying at face value, that what you've been shown and not proven is what happened. So you're, you're good to go with your screenshots and text and assumption because you've already chosen your savior. Okay. So the point is that this is not actually proven yet, but we all know it was happening, right? The idea that it was there is very clear. So that might not make sense to some people. The point is that what he's showing you is just simply supposed to align. They haven't given you source material to prove that. But you want my opinion? Obviously, I think it's happening. That's called objectivity. Just being willing to wait for it. And even though you personally think that it's probably happening. But it is still happening. He's explicitly stated this. Just because you don't want to call it shadow banning doesn't mean it's not shadow banning. He said this on the 18th of November. New Twitter policy. Freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. Which I'm planning on trying to connect with uh, Hussein, um, uh, Sam Husseini, excuse me. Just blanking on his name. Who's doing great work. I'm going to talk about this in a minute. I am want to connect with him about this exact topic. I'm very interested by this manipulation. It's the same thing we're talking about here, guys. Freedom of speech, not freedom of reach. You're being suppressed. So you don't have freedom of speech, period. Negative hate tweets. So hate speech will be de-boosted. That's what we're talking about. Demonetized. It's all the same stuff. We just pretend like it's different now because people want to. And then the people on the other side that are pointing out that it's bad, if not worse, get, get called, you know, it's the same game. Us in the middle that are pointing out that this is not better get attacked from both sides. Right, You get called a leftist for claiming it's not everywhere, even though it's not we're saying. You get called a righty for saying that it's not completely evil and hate speech everywhere. That's how dumb this all is. You won't find the tweets unless you specifically seek it out. This is shadow banning. Period. Very clearly still happening, but according to him, we wouldn't even know about it if he didn't say it, and we do not know it's there. Not true. Here's an interesting video. This is um, Jason Whitlock. I think I just want to, actually, I think it's loud enough.
1: I've been on this
0: yeah, I'll just play it right here. I just want to play the beginning of it.
1: I've been on this topic for about seven, eight years. This yeah. is deeper than censorship. This is about propaganda and mind control and, yes. and the control of the American public. Twitter and these social media apps have been rigged to control our minds and what we think, and so I, I... I I want to be careful because I don't want to unpack too much. It's hard for people to understand, but
0: just take, take, take look of the bottom lower third latest Twitter files. Great job, Fox news. Great job, Tucker. Twitter files. Oh, so text and screenshots. Great. Prove shadow banning. No, no, no. They didn't prove it. Sh- what proved shadow banning was the explicit shadow banning. And, you know, like even people like Zach Voorhees, for example, proved long before this, that it was very, very obviously happening undeniably. Now, in that case, we're talking about Google, but it's the same conversation. And we've seen plenty of examples about Twitter undeniably shadow banning. Like, I, There's a point that I, have, I think I have in the tweets where it's basically acknowledged before all of this. The bottom line, though, is if you're going to say proves, you're exposing yourself. Bottom line. Because you have not proven anything. You're assuming that the glimpse you got first of all, is actually there. Second of all, does prove when seeing all together that what they said about it is true. But just, you know, you can just tell by his furrowed brow that we, we know. We know it's proven, right? It's proven because he's serious. I'm just frustrated by how obviously dumb this is. And we get attacked just because we point out being objective. The point, though, guys, is what we're talking about here is concerning. Why isn't it concerning still? I guess because the assumption is that Musk wouldn't do that. Just talk about the naivety, the juvenile perspective to pretend because he said so that he wouldn't do that. Kills me. Okay. Somebody in the chat says Ryan's assuming the Fox don't have the files. I guess, I mean, that they don't, the Fox doesn't have the files. Yeah. The point, though, is I'm not assuming anything. I'm not assuming anything. My point is that I don't assume. The point is that they haven't shown this. You can't say that's proven and act like we know that that's the same point. Right. To suggest that I'm not. I mean, it's it's getting ridiculously abstract. I am the only one not assuming in this context. I'm saying I'm waiting to be proven. And until then, we're going to pretend we we're going to stay in the middle because we don't know. If Fox News has this information and they got it because Elon handed it to them before anybody else got anything, that's absurd. Especially since they're dripping this out and acting like that's Just so it's clear, by the way, what they're saying is the latest Twitter files, not the files that we were handed. You can just watch it for yourself. Don't take my word for it either. Come to your own conclusions about it. But this is what the discussion is. And here's this one I was just referencing. In fact, it says uh, in regard to the same thing, Twitter's secret blacklists which they only show you a few select people. It's not it's, it's just very dripped out to you. This person says, how do these features differ from what Musk is proposing in his debut demonetized list? Now, this guy clearly has a very clear perspective. You can read through it. But just because he's perceived as one side that's not on your side, you should just ref- ignore what he's saying. Well, no, that's dumb. That's childish. What is he saying? And is it true? It's exactly what I'm saying. How does this differ from what he just said he's going to do? People don't, they can't stand this because it makes them question what they're looking. This is undeniable. He's still censoring. He's still shadow banning. And by the way, we don't even have the illusion of a process. (laughs) Like it's before, at least they pretended there was a process. I'm not even saying I like either one more or the other. This is still being defined. But the point is that this is just up seemingly whatever he decides in the moment. Now, I, I, there's probably more to it than that. The point is, we don't know. He follows up and says, in addition, how were Twitter not being transparent about all of this? They published this clear description of what they did in 2018. I don't agree with this. This is, what, this is what he's saying. So you read this, and it's about setting the record straight on shadow banning. And this guy says, Tom, here's a screenshot from the page you linked where Twitter says we do not shadow ban. It's right there. We know that's not true. We know they lied about that. He says, yes, correct, which is kind of confusing. He says, you're agreeing that the Twitter was lying in 2018? That's what Barry Weiss is referred to in this tweet. I I don't want to get into the tweets in general, but just reading it here, says, Twitter denied that it does such things. It's obvious. We, We know that's not true. But he goes, no, because that specific document explains that Twitter does not shadow ban. Ah, okay. So Tom is admitting that he just takes what they told him. See how that works? Anybody involved in this argument is just like that. I argue most of them are engaged with this because they're taking at face value some argument or another. Now I can't possibly know what everybody thinks, but the point is that that seems to be the way they engage with this because on all sides, it's either everything or nothing. And you're choosing to take somebody's argument at face value. This person says visual filtering and shadow banning are not the same. According to the definitions used in the blog, it's not promoted. It's undiscoverable. Twitter claims very clearly they did the former, not the latter. Now here's what we're getting into is the, 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 nitpicking about well it's there but you can't see it or it's a an account versus one tweet it's the same game guys and you know it'll be abused like anything in history has been abused he goes bottom line this is what Musk says he's going to do and i i do agree with that this is the same thing if you disagree with that it's just a subjective choice to not see it it's the same game as the US government calling it Hayatir Al Sham. Oh, it's not ISIS anymore. Got it. Yeah, not, not Al Qaeda. Liars. It's the same thing. You're playing the same game. You're just changing the name, changing the definition. Trust the science. Trust the media. It's the same game. We need to be able to see through these things. David Sachs says it's a 50 50 country. Right? That's all that exists, right? Left and right. There's no mid libertarian. There's no no, they're not even real. 50 50. With one side of the debate being shadow banned. You see the kind of perspectives these people have? What will become once there's a level playing field? Okay, the implicit assumption is one, that there's only two sides. The two, that only one side was shadow banned, even though their own Twitter files have proven that's not true. And that apparently when he gets done with whatever he's doing, it'll all be a level playing field. God, it's just impossible to argue again. That is the kind of adult Santa Claus level a lot of these people are at right now. Now... Elon says Twitter is working on a software update that will show your true account status so you know clearly if you've been shadow banned. The reasons why and how to appeal. Okay, so then it is very clearly continuing. I guess under the assumption that it won't go further, but that's an assumption, obviously. And he stated in another tweet over here that that is what's going to happen, that it will go further, very clearly. Okay, so... On top of that, if he does make an update that then gives you some kind of status bar to show you, how do we know that's accurate? How do we know that's not a lie? The point is that we just if we're operating on a level of inherent trust, then we ha- we are guaranteed to be deceived at some point. But Liberty Lockdown chimes in rightly and says, please explain why you are continuing with the awful policies of your predecessors. Why not end shadow banning entirely? Which is basically, in a very Trump-esque style, what he promised and didn't follow through with. At least not yet. And and why haven't all the banned accounts been given a second chance? As he promised. We voted. You said it would happen in a week. And it hasn't been two. Terrence falls up and says, not sure if you've been listening to the Twitter spaces, which is anybody doing that? Really? This whole weird Twitter spaces thing where un- completely unknown people are in there arguing. I, it, it just seems meaningless. They are trying to redefine the entire media space here. That's what I feel. If you've been listening to the Twitter Spaces sessions, but the code that manages the suppression algos is trash. Engineers have been trying to fix it, and many accounts will never be restored properly because it's a mess. See how that is? It's completely undefined, but leaves the door open to their trying real hard, but probably won't ever get what everybody wants entirely. Well, that's pretty easy to fall not into. Like, that is, a, that is easy. You can do nothing and pretend like you're trying. We're trying real hard to fight for freedom. We just fail over and over. Can't miss these overlaps, but Brent says, "Nice cover." Maybe not. Maybe it's maybe he's being honest. But the point is, you don't know, and all we end up with is is whatever happens is exactly what he's trying to accomplish. But not. But he's still going to keep trying. But anything bad that happens was not his fault because of something else. It's exactly the game they played with the injection. In any way you spin this, it can be all. It can be everything or nothing. It's however they want to frame it because we don't get the full picture, and that is why source material is so damn important. Adam Schiff chimes in, as we've shown you, and says on Elon Musk's Twitter, slurs against Black people have tripled, slurs against women are up 33%. Where are these numbers even coming from? Slurs against Jewish people up 61%, and slurs against gay men up 58%. Now, look, even if that's true, which I find it hard to believe, this might not up, might make people unhappy, but so what? I think it's disgusting. People that are out there, sl- make, you know, making saying negative things about people because of their skin—they're bad people, and you suck. But it's their right. It's called free speech. Adam Schiff—you know, one of these people who pretended to swear to the Constitution but yet doesn't like it or care about it. Right? Pretty much everyone in government, including the people you want, don't think I'm talking about right now. The frustrating part about this is these are disc- the people that are racist are, are or inherently hate people because of their ideology, their skin color, which, by the way, includes your government right now. But the point being is they're bad people, but they have a right to express whatever they want because that's free speech. But back to the point, I don't even believe this is what's happening. I believe this is an easy way to frame this. So just like always, you get people on one side that have already decided this is the truth. You get people on the other side that have already decided none of it's happening. And the people in the middle stay the same because they see both as ridiculous. And the point is, nothing changes. It's a game they're playing. And it just references some, you know, the Center for Countering Digital Aid, because we know how honest they are, right? Very clearly not going to get into I've done entire segments on this. That group is not what they seem. But the point is, Elon says false. Hate speech impressions are actually down by one third, right? That's not true. I'm censoring them all over the place, right? It's down. Now, let's not pretend that hate speech just went down because he allowed people to say what they want. Like, first of all, I don't care about hate speech. Hate speech is just more language, and people have a right to say what they want. The problem here, though, is that if we're going to pretend that people are saying what they want, if there is hate speech, which there is, people say, or I shouldn't say it like that, if there are slurs and negative things that they frame as hate speech, well, that exists, right? So, logically, if people are allowed more freedom to speak, then you're going to see more of that. That's just the way, it's just maybe 1% more, blah, blah, blah. The point is, it's irrelevant because free speech. But what he's saying is they're down. There's no way to misunderstand that because as he made clear, he is going to censor that, right? It will be deboosted, demonetized, removed. Okay. Undeniable. So here he is going, I'm censoring people. You're wrong. And I love this because this is exactly what I was saying before. Now I love the clown world account. I follow him. I love I love the COVID 19 coverage. But here's what he says Adam loves lying. And I agree with that. I mean, Adam's a liar, but he's pointing at the tweet where he says Elon's Twitter has increased with negative hate speech. Right. And then clown world falls up and says, stop lying, Adam Schiff, because Elon says false. It's been down. And just like that, the right is promoting censorship. That's how it works. You've all been fooled, (laughs) right? I mean, if right now you're, you're literally going, see, see, you're lying, Adam. We are censoring hate speech. It's right there. Elon said so. This is the Guantanamo Bay argument in real time. Right. We all think it's bad until Trump says freedom. And we all go, yeah, it's all freedom now. Uh, Guantanamo is all about freedom. Suddenly censoring hate speech is, is the right thing to do because Elon says it and you're wrong. We can't be this stupid. We can't be this easy to manipulate. I refuse to believe that. I know some people are, but I do not believe it's the majority. Now, please, I'm not even calling out clown world. Like the point is, it's it's a fair point to make. He says this. Adam's lying. But at the same core point, you're choosing to trust Elon, right? How do you know, clown world? You don't know for sure. So you're choosing one or the other. So I have to make that point. But either way, Whitney chimes in and says, yes, Twitter censors people and has close ties to national security state. And this applies to right now. However, now people are not focusing on how SBF is about to get away with a billion-dollar Ponzi, or how the WHO is about to establish a global biosecurity state, right? Etc. 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 People, including herself, Vanessa Beely, who, by the way, I have an interview that's going to be coming out tomorrow with. We get into some really great stuff. And Alan McLeod have been reporting on the cozy relationship between social media and the U.S. government long before the supposed Twitter files. Interesting. Oh, we'll, just let's we'll see what this is. Hold on. See if it's still there. Well, it's weird. It went away. Now it's going to disappear. Ah, dang it. Fauci files was there for a second. I should have just clicked it right there, but I didn't want to lose where I was. That's interesting. I, By the way, today I've been seeing the same thing. I was literally watching it on a live page and it popped up and it said, see, even right there, like the trends are not supposed to change that rapidly, right? Like when there's a trend of something that's at the top and right when it pops up and it, I think it was COVID is fake or something, it just immediately disappeared. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that seems very suspicious to me. But she goes on to say that she's been pointing this stuff out and it says it's fine to read and appreciate the Twitter files reporting. But there are other more pressing, more current stories that are arguably deserve deserve more of our attention and outrage than, than that are happening right now. Not two years ago and largely things that we all generally have proven and know. The biggest red flag to her about the Twitter files is the lack of attention on COVID-19 censorship. If this was really about exposing the social media security state, censorship, the brutal censorship of dissenting opinions from pharma-sponsored science would be a key focus. I agree. At least not yet. It's not. Which brings us to the great article from Sam Hussini. Trump is the opposable thumb of the establishment. And this relates to Elon and where this is going says, Trump appears to stand in opposition to the establishment, but in fact, helps it grab more. December 8th says, there are several layers to this, but at its core, at his core, Trump was the opposable thumb of the establishment. And I argue whether he knew that or not. He pretended to be against it, effectively log rolling with CNN, but effectively helped it grab more. Trump, a creation of big media, posed as a great critic of it. This took place during his presidency see below but it is taking place now in a different form his railing against big tech likely makes many more trusting of big tech itself he can raise a legitimate concern but in a manner and with but in a manner and with a background that is ironically functional now what's po- the point to make here is that just because that happens does not therefore prove that he's involved in it that's why i often argue whether he knows it or not but we all see this happening It's kind of my point I'm making about the arguments of Twitter in general right now, that it drives people further into the positions they've already decided they hold. And there's a reason that they throw it right down that lane every time. Because that's when characters like Trump are used, whether they know it or not. I, I agree with him. I think he knows to some degree of using him like this and making him say things that actually drive it further in the direction of what they want. Now, it says even when legitimate issues are raised, Trump's problematic manner actually facilitates the establishment narrative. Now, you may disagree with that, but it's a very valid point. During his administration, Trump's utility for the establishment was clear in terms of personnel. As I pointed out when this happened, while Trump promised America first, he elevated some of the most notorious interventionists, including Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, and Elliot Abrams. Like some of the worst of the worst, guys. These people are like the, exactly the opposite of what he promised. He posed as critical of NATO, calling it obsolete and as bad as NAFTA. But all the noise around that had the net effect at the end of it, you know, looking back now, had the net effect of not uh, not of the U.S. leaving NATO and ending it, but the exact opposite. It resulted in getting European countries to spend more money on NATO, effectively making the military alliance more powerful today. Think about that. It relates to Ukraine. Trump did things for the U.S. establishment that no conventional president could have. He got out of various treaties the establishment already wanted to get out of. But how? Trump being president. That's how. That's his argument. He ditched the intermediate range nuclear forces treaty and other arms control treaties. The Iran deal. right? Biden seems in no rush to get back into it, despite his statements, which clearly continue to show you that they all are towing the same line. Trump simply just made it easy because they could blame him for being for being belligerent, making rash decisions, which is what they did, and act like they're just trying to patch up his problems, but maintaining the same line. The establishment long wanted to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and recognize Israel's annexation of the Golan Heights. It seemed an untenable thing for a president to do, until Trump, presto, all done. And Trump benefited the establishment by effectively Trump-washing, as he wrote, a host of former Bush administration- And other officials, the institutions such as the CIA and policies and laws like the Espionage Act and Continuity of Government, an actual plan to suspend the Constitution. If Trump isn't the PSYOP, he should be like that. Think about this point here, but this big claim that he said this, you know, his basically his statements taken out of context about suspending the Constitution. Well, guess what, guys? He was acutely involved with the things that actually do the Espionage Act and the continuity of government plans, which is what rolled out or were established further with the COVID-19 and conversations we had around all of this. As he said, if he isn't a PSYOP, he should be, or he may be and not know it. Because he is rolling these things out, like knocking down the one after the other what they've wanted to happen. When he ran in 2015 to 16, he was wildly contradictory, but posed as a critic of endless wars a critic of Wall Street hedge fund managers, a defender of WikiLeaks, as someone who recognized that U.S. policy had been pro-Israel. Trump may be a leader in this, but he's not alone. Now, Elon Musk is playing a similar role. He's a virtual Donald Trump, promising free speech, but delivering more shadow banning and explicit controls. It is a game that's being played that we need to pay attention to. Trump took disgust with the establishment, largely from the right, and then work to actually incorporate that base into the establishment. This should seem familiar. It's pretty much what Obama did to the left. He took the anti-establishment left and incorporated it back into the establishment, which we can well see today by promising hope and change and delivering war and Wall Street. Figures like Trump and Obama promise they will help you, but invariably it's you who ends up helping them. It gives new meaning to commodifying dissent. They commodify your dissent. The current characterization of Trump as a fringe figure may be useful for the establishment as they can help characterize him as well outside of it. To memory hold the many ways that he served the establishment when he had actual power. This may simply be the latest chapter in his service to it. Just food for thought. And we've already referenced this article, which he links in there. We talked about this last time. Elon Musk's establishment retrench and how freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach, targets the freedom to hear it's a great article you should read and i hope to connect with him soon we are going back and forth on dms trying to pick a day i'd love to get connect with him and have a conversation about this because he clearly at least is willing to question this stuff as so few seem to be willing to do right now as host jesus points out because nobody wants to be the one to rain on the parade or whatever he said i'm paraphrasing because that is what's happening in my opinion but just to add on some positive, because there this is a positive as I see it, because Jay Bodichar was mentioned, as a few were in the shadow banning selective points. But Jay pointed out I spent the afternoon yesterday at Twitter headquarters at the invitation of Elon Musk to find out more about the trend blacklist that Twitter placed on me and more. A short thread on what I found out follows. Okay, so that's that's hopeful, right? I'm just trying to be sure to show you that I'm not just trying to find the problem. This is a positive thing. If he th- apparently, and again, just like always, who knows? You don't know if he's wrong or lying or blah, 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 like anybody. It doesn't matter how much you think you should trust them. Question it. Doesn't mean you should question it. And if you believe he's telling the truth, then you can move forward on that. But always question it. Question me, question Elon, question Jay, question everybody. Point being, Jay is Jay Botachara is saying that he went through and saw this. And I think that's a positive step because. Going through and looking at this stuff it at least seems to suggest that Elon Musk is willing to step in this direction, but I'm, if, if this is the only direction that it goes in and it's not some ubiquitous allowance of people that were qu- censored under the same claim, it seems very selective, but I'm holding out hope this is incrementally going in the right direction. I really am, but I think it's quite clear my stance right now is that's hardly where we are. But he points out that Twitter 1.0 placed me on the blacklist on the first day I joined in August 2021. I think it was my pinned tweet linking to the uh, Great Barrington Declaration that triggered the blacklist based on unspecified complaints Twitter received. But I think it was also about him just promoting lockdown or uh, anti-lockdown stuff, which he's right about. Twitter 1.0 rejected requests for verification by him and Martin Koldroff, uh, Koldroff. Each time the reasoning never conveyed to us was that we were not notable enough. <laughs> Ridiculous. They should have asked Francis Collins. He would have vouched for us standing as fringe epidemiologists. He says it will take some time to find out more about what led Twitter 1.0 to act as so imperiously, imperious, imperiously. But I am grateful to Elon Musk, who has promised access to keep find help find out. Now, understand, he's making it clear that it hasn't fully happened yet. It's been promised. It's ongoing. I will report the results on Twitter two where transparency and free speech rule. Now, again, so I mean, I don't know. I don't know why we can think that's the case just yet. But obviously, if Jay's is being given access to all of this, if I understand why he begins to think that, right? Because he is beginning to be given access behind the scenes. But if, they, like, let's just say this is all that happened, and it stopped there, it's not enough. It seems that we have a lot of bones being thrown. That doesn't mean it won't happen fuller, more in a more full fashion. Question every step. It's just logic. But this is a good sign, guys, to see that this is happening. But I just don't understand why this would happen, but you haven't let Dr. Peter McCullough back on. Or any number of people out there that are censored for medical misinformation that have been proven to be correct. I just don't understand the way this is flowing. But that could mean that there's something we just don't see. That's certainly possible. But we're not going to assume in any direction. But just to kind of finish up, just so it's clear. As you know, he says down here, thank you for your rigorous adherence to science. This is what he said on April 7th, 2021. This was not that long ago. Well past being wildly proven, including by people like Dr. J. Bhattacharya. He says, to be clear, Elon Musk says, I do support vaccines in general and COVID vaccines specifically. The science is unequivocal. I mean, if you can make that statement then. That says a lot. Because it's not true. It wasn't true then. It's not true now. In very rare cases, there's an allergic reaction, but this is easily addressed with an EpiPen. Oh, because an EpiPen can stop a heart attack? Blood clots? Right. That's very concerning to me. So that being said, guys, just to that's the my general perception on where we are with this, I think it's very clear that there's a there's a game being played. I have I'm holding out hope to see where this goes, but something tells me that we're being played. And call me a contrarian. I have every. I think with where we are today, there, we have all have every right to be very concerned about where this seems to be going. Now, I do want to finish up. I, I'm going to have to skip some of this, but I, I guess there's not that much. Let me try to go through it pretty quickly. With the COVID-19 stuff at the end here, FDA authorizes updated boosters for kids. That's right. The bivalent injection for B four five subvariants. Right now, the thing that is as even they'll tell you that, that the new BQ8 or whatever the new variant is, that's the predominant variant, right? The whole reason they made this was because the variants were changing. So now they jumped over to the new bivalent, which was skimmed with eight, eight mice, no F, no data on humans, assuming that that makes sense, even though it has all the same negative side effects. And it's been shown, I'll show you again at the end, that there's no positive here, that there's more side effects, that the net it's a net negative according to the most recent peer-reviewed study. But they've authorized, which means emergency authorized, the new injection for kids that don't need it, under five years old, you know, that have 0.0003% risk of dying, according to the Ionitis Group. All the most current information. So they're not at risk from this. They don't need it. The risk that they get from the injection is wildly higher than even the risk they have of dying from COVID. But, but, you, but give it to them anyway. Apparently, the United States is not stopping. Countries all around the world are slowing this down. They are, whatever the word for seven times over down, quadrupling, whatever the seven word for that would be there, all the way over this, over and over and over and over and over. And in Israel, same thing is happening. Only 5% of first jabbers have taken the fifth, the fifth. Remember when that was fake news? The point is nobody is going along with this and yet they're forcing it in kids arms to go to school. That is what this is. Because that is happening. Schools are mandating this. Even as they tell the military they're not going to be able to do that anymore, they're still forcing it in children's arms that are the least at need. Or there is no need for this. These things are dangerous. So let's make that clear. Oh, actually, I think this will be the part that we'll jump past real quick. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by how ridiculous this is. Here's Eric Fengelding. Holy S. Yes. Hospitals are near full capacity. Triple demic, flu, COVID, RSV. Oh, and strep too, don't forget, right? Because the nasal flu injection is giving people strep and that's verifiably happening or can. We can see that the RSV is increased by the injection they're getting for COVID. And then we have this whole thing circling around where everything's causing everything else and we just blame whatever you want. That seems to be what's happening right now. And of course he points out this trajectory. Oh my God, look at how much higher it is. Except when you- Just like with the climate change lie, you know, you pan out a little bit. And as Justin Hart points out, it's just happening earlier than expected. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's not. Because it's already started to, like, the bottom line is they are happy to selectively pluck things out and scream at you about how you're in danger. But let's just take it at face value first. What happened to RSV then? You can't keep pretending like these kids have suddenly lost their immunity to something they've had their entire lives when this is, by and large, not hurting them or never really has any of these things are capable of causing serious side effects or rather serious outcomes as whatever we're talking about. But RSV, all of these monkeypox, any of these things, flu have been largely pretty benign, but now suddenly they're all killing everybody. Maybe it's because you've decoupled the COVID lie from the flu and now suddenly all these things, whatever you were calling COVID before is now dumped into flu and pneumonia. And now RSV and whatever else, your vaccine side effects are being dumped into the same category. All these things are possible. Nobody wants to ask these questions in this category. But what's interesting to me on top of all of it is that you're talking about a bunch of things as mask up that are being increased by the mask that you're wearing. Your risk of infection increases because of the cloth mask, which is still what most people are wearing. That's the peer review study from December 2020 that says it increases your risk of infection and should not be used. Still the most, sta- peer only random controlled trial of cloth masks. Nobody cares. Keep pushing it though. Ask yourself why these things are different. That was the main point. Why are they different? Either the injection changed all these things, or there's something different they're pointing at and calling it whatever they want. The situation in the hospitals is grim. Yeah, they're not trying to scare anybody like always, just like the WHO and the HHS called them out for, right? They scare people to push vaccination. It's their, That's their stated policy. Nearly 30,000 people currently in the hospital have tested positive for COVID. Okay, what does that translate to? Give us some reference here. 30,000 positive tests could be nothing, especially when you're telling us it's pretty not very serious right now, right? One one-thousandth of the risk it was before, but that's a risk that was already gigantically not there when you look at the Ionitis group and the information we have right now. So if all you have is a bunch of PCRs, which largely could be false positives, then you really don't have a problem. You have a bunch of... Po- it's a case-demic again. Why? Because they're screaming and testing everywhere. State health officials are warning people that time is running out to get vaccinated. And just to be clear, by the way, as I should say often, I'm not telling you not to do anything. Do what you've always done. Wash your hands. Be sanitary. If if you're feeling sick, don't go to work. It's simple. It's the same basic reality we have always lived in. What you're living in now is the biosecurity state that was placed over your typical situation. And, including in that, a genetic manipulation that causes people's immune systems to collapse and everything's going haywire in their bodies. Right? It says that they're telling you to get injected. Warning people that time is running out. To get injected before the family gets together. Over and over and over, this goes, right? The same person that was sworn up and down that they got one shot way back two and a half, three years ago, that they'd be good for the rest of their lives, are now being told, get the seventh one now, or you're going to before holiday, over and over and over, or fifth or sixth or whatever it is, alongside unseasonably severe waves of flu and RSV. The guidance comes after two excruciating holiday seasons that said, oh, and let's not forget one of the earlier stories from the beginning of all this, which was that the flu shot increases your risk of other coronaviruses. That's a fact. It generally increases your risk of other respiratory viruses. Shocking, as we're giving them people and then they're getting RSV and everything else seems to increase. But also the fact that the flu shot itself, as the Pentagon study confirmed the beginning of this, increases generally the risk of coronaviruses, which includes cold, but it also includes COVID-19 but let's go ahead and give them simultaneously because that makes sense because we know they're safe together, right? Of course we don't, which I'll show you again in a minute, wherever that was, right there. The guidance comes after two excruciating holiday seasons, excruciating, that sent COVID-19 skyrocket. No, no. It's amazing the way they will cover this and it underscores the ongoing struggle of public health officials in the state at federal level to get Americans vaccinated against COVID and the flu. See how this is just being mushed together now? So if we need them to be jammed together, then like the point is that all like, why didn't they do this all before RSV and flu and pneumonia and everything and tuberculosis. And oh my God, we're out of control. Well, because they could have, I argue what we're seeing now is vaccine side effects lumped together with what normally happens or people's lowered immune systems where people specifically who are injected are getting far worse and severe issues, but overall same kind of problem. While public health experts say this winter's COVID-19 surge may be more mild, really, they worry whether hospitals already dealing with staffing shortages can handle the increased caseload. Okay, great. So because you forced people out, even though they had natural immunity, because they wouldn't get your dangerous injection, now you've short-staffed, and your argument is that that's why it's a problem? They just said COVID's probably mild. So then we got flu and RSV, which are historically mild. So the real problem is that you set up a situation where you're designed to fail. To what they just said. Nearly 30,000 people currently in the hospital have simply tested positive. You know why? Because you're scaring people. They're rushing into the hospital, getting a false positive test that says COVID, and then they pretend they've got COVID. And then they go on saying they've got long COVID for the rest of their life because they've got vaccine side effects. These are all my opinions, obviously, but I'm just giving you what I think about this. The situation in the hospital is grim. Is it grim? You just said it's not. It's mild. Like wh- the way they're framing this is just so irresponsible. The death toll from this very serious virus continues to go up and really hopefully will create a sense of urgency in individuals and families to think about getting vaccines. That's what I just said. The death toll is very serious and going up and really hopefully will create a sense of urgency to get injected. Great. Great. People are dying. Maybe, maybe you'll get vaccinated. A little more than 13% of Americans over the age of five have gotten their updated booster. Nobody buys this, guys. People see through it. You can't miss that number. Most of the population, unfortunately, has forgotten about COVID and moved on. Right. So make sense of that with a pandemic and we're all going to die, but we've forgotten about it. So you don't know it's there unless you're pointed to it. And it's going to kill you, though. Right. People are dropping the streets, but nobody's aware of it unless you put it in front of them. It's the same game they played before. The virus is so deadly, you have to be tested. It told you have it, right? It's obscene how obviously this is not what they're being. We are being played just like before. Now that doesn't have to mean nothing's there, but they are packaging this just the way they want to, like always. It says, "In Oregon, Governor Kate Brown signed an executive order on Wednesday to respond to RSV, flu, and COVID." Great. So now we've got more emergency declaration, rotten neck declarations, but emergency legislation. Being used and signed under the guise that this is see how this never ends, guys. You're now in the biosecurity state. This is to go back to the beginning, your new normal. Remember that? Here we are. This is never going away. This is your new forever security state around the bio by your dangerous biology. Just until we get to the next stage where they go, guess what? We've got a solution for that too. Here's your implantables. Here's your digital ID. Here's your technocratic life. Guess what? We're going to suck away our humanity to make sure you're safe. Health officials believe RSV may have already hit its peak. Okay, so <laughs> it's already declining, but we're going to, but, but flu and COVID continue to do the same things though. So let's keep pushing. While health officials are hoping the level of immunity in populations from infections and vaccinations means the winter surge will be as severe. Aren't you saying right now that it's wildly out of control? So how do you make sense of these contradictory statements? It's either out of control or you're hoping it doesn't get there. (laughs) Oops. They remain concerned about the virus impact on elderly and immunocompromised people, particularly given the poor uptake of the bivalent shot. Yeah, you mean the shot that you don't know is safe for them based on their own pop? Yes. And you just can't, you just can't, you have to laugh at this stuff. Their argument is always that COVID is so deadly that we're willing to risk the things we don't know. But we are long since past that being the reality. It says the Biden administration recently announced a six-week campaign to boost COVID vaccinations. <laughs> Great. Another campaign to be like, hey, did you did you hear about the vaccine? Yeah, Biden. We heard about it. We heard about it every day for the last three years straight. Is anybody confused? Anybody behind? Anybody around here confused about what we, whether or not we can have an injection should we choose at any moment? nobody's confused about that. This is more money being spent on pressuring all of you. My God, if that picture's not clear by now. But the, like, I mean, let's pretend like they're not going to do basic things to keep you safe and healthy, but they're going to spend all this money to force an injection in your arm to keep you safe and healthy. You can't be that gullible. But the problem is bigger than COVID. Only about 26% of adults had gotten vaccinated for the flu at the end of October. You see, people aren't taking this stuff anymore. Almost cursed right there. But they're going to use this like they always do. They're going to blame it on you for not getting the flu injection that they guess at every year. Because that's what they do, as they've admitted. They don't know what the next see- the strain is going to be, if it's even really there. They just give you a an shot. And I argue the shot then causes part of the problems we see, just like with COVID. I believe that. Because the data has been there. They are inflammatory. There are the same problems and antigens and inclu- the things that cause... The antigens and the... Damn it, I'm blanking on the term. You know, so if you've, got the, you've got the proteins that they include, but then you've also got the adjuvants. There you go. Things that are also very concerning that they'd use to make it more effective, they say, but cause the side effects. The point is, I think what we're dealing with every year is an illusion, just like they already pointed out, as the WHO and the HHS have called it, pandemics of fear. They hype these things to sell their products. Those aren't my opinions. They are my opinions, but that's what I'm stating is direct statements from the WHO. Public health experts say that while flu poses the greatest risk to urgent care facilities and hospital departments, COVID is still a greater threat to the ICU than flu with the thinning of the healthcare workforce over the past two years. Ah, so is it a risk or is it because it was thinned? This is another year that we probably ought to do Zoom birthdays and Christmases. If you don't, then get fully vaccinated and I think you're fine. Right, because that stops transmission? No, no, it doesn't. You can still catch it and spread it? Yeah, yeah, and clearly the people that get the injections seem to be suffering far worse, but just get it, though. There's just no logic here. The U.S. flu hospitalizations, highest in a decade. The CDC estimates 120,000. Like, how do you possibly pretend like this thing disappears for two years with all sorts of intermittent things happening, like just nothing there, clearly they were calling it covid-19 even if you want to pretend they were doing it just to be safe then it just explodes when covid disappears i mean it's so stupid to pretend like this is not the most obvious game we've ever seen it's beginning to look a lot like another covid surge oh they're so cheeky with their holiday title it's so it's the point is is it covid is it flu is it rsv right which which one are we talking about here are they all surging? Well, the other article just seemed to say that it wasn't yet, but we think it might happen. Well, guess what, guys? Everyone's saying what they want to say. Everyone, no matter where you look, it's different. Jonathan here says, like it or not, we're in a significant COVID surge. But you can find statements in the same discussion in the same areas about where, whether it being RSV. This one's about the combination. We're being crushed by flu and RSV and COVID, but I already proved you that's not actually what's happening. they are not being crushed by anything. This is a framing that's being done by the UK and the United States right now that I argue is covering up vaccine side effects, or which includes the destruction of these children's immune systems. But here's my point. Overwhelmed by the flu. You'll find, well, actually here, I forgot to do the updated uh, past week. You'll find every one of them. Hospitals around, overwhelmed with the flu, overwhelmed with the flu, overwhelmed with the flu. With the flu. And some, some of these have combination. My point was like this. You'll find specific articles about the flu today being overwhelmed. You'll find the same thing when you look up other specifics. Here's COVID-19. Hospitals overwhelmed by COVID-19. Hospitals overwhelmed by COVID-19. Okay. How about RSV? Overwhelmed by RSV. Overwhelmed by RSV. Okay, wait a minute. How can they all be overwhelmed by all of them all the time? Right? Because we're being gamed. And you know how you can tell for sure when you've got brand new Sanafi advertisements about protecting us against RSV. So we've just shifted, apparently. RSV, you know that totally benign, normal thing that's been around forever that we all just pretend is not very dangerous, but can be. And then suddenly, now we're making entire advertisements for vaccines for RSV. I mean, God, it's just like it's so transparent to watch how this is played out. And Nashville Angela points out: Does Jimmy Allen know that RSV is listed as the in the appendix section of Pfizer side effects? Probably not, as he's here going. It's it, this is a country music star, Jimmy Allen, joining our mission to protect all babies against RSV. If they're talking about Advocate. I mean, it's just such an obvious game. Now, the, the, one of the points I want to get into here, I think it was right here, is that they are pushing this across the board, the flu and the COVID shot alongside each other. I've made this point endlessly where it says undeniably on the FDA document itself as of December 8th. This has been revised as in two, three days ago. It still says, as of right now, on Pfizer's documentation, drug interactions, there are no data to assess the, 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 concomitant, the, the administration of, both, of, of it, multiple injections at once, the concomitant administration of Pfizer biotech vaccines and bivalent with other vaccines. I don't remember that word being it last time. It's like meant to be confusing. Not that it's a confusing word, but that it's not. People don't know what it means. Just doing them together. The point is they don't have any data in the FDA to know whether any of them, Pfizer, the the bivalent, any of them are safe with other vaccines. It's right there in front of you. But as you as I keep showing you, we've got Walgreens and CVS and all the rest of them saying, get them together, get them right now. The CDC says it's safe to do them at the same time. Mind blowing. Mind blowing that continues. And it's not a big deal, apparently, because nobody else talks about it. I can't, I don't see anybody. Show me. I'd love to promote somebody else talking about this. Here is the European document COVID 19 vaccines will be used in individuals who may also receive other vaccines. Studies to determine if the co administration of these vaccines with other vaccines may affect the efficacy or safety of either vaccine have not been performed. Great. Okay. Here's Fauci explicitly telling you the opposite. COVID vaccine. George from Ohio asks, is it okay to take the flu and COVID vaccine at the same time?
1: George, the answer is absolutely yes. It's very appropriate to do that. And it's important too, because you can get it all over with in one visit. You can get the flu shot in one arm, the COVID shot in the other, and you're out. You're good to go.
0: Oh, great. Great. Well, guess what? He didn't say that it was safe, did he? He agreed to the question, which very clearly puts him on the record saying, yes, in the answer to the question, is it safe? But guess what he said? It didn't say safe. George, the answer is absolutely yes. It's very appropriate to do that. Oh, wow, very appropriate. Well, somebody's been talking to his lawyer, right? Obviously, he knows he's under the gun. People like Rand Paul have been calling him out for things and holding him to account for what he says. That's my opinion. They didn't ask if it was appropriate, did they, Fauci? They asked if it was safe. It's not. Well, the, the point is, you don't know. But you answered yes. You're a bad person. There's no way you don't know that the studies have not been done. It has been that way since the beginning. It said the same thing from the beginning. The document was updated December 8th. It says, we don't know if that's safe. And here he is on the White House, docu- White House briefing or whatever this setting is, blatantly lying to people. You don't know. It hasn't been done. It still says that. It just blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. There's a couple of other examples. I think I had one more video. Let's play the next one. Oh, uh, in the in, interest in of time, the other one's just basically Fauci saying, just do it, do it now. Get your shot now, like really, a very weird way. But the point of this just blows my mind, guys. George, the answer is absolutely yes. It's very appropriate iOS, is it okay to take the flu and COVID vaccine at the same time?
1: George, the answer is
0: absolutely yes. My God. Can, can I mean, how, in, in an honest world, this would be something you could deal with right away. Where are the lawyers out there? The documents are right in front of us. It's right there. It's undeniable. It says we don't know. And he just said, we know it's safe. Somebody get this person in jail. Somebody hold this person accountable for what he just said. You are literally advising people to take a medical intervention that you know you haven't studied and you're telling them it's safe anyway because you don't care or whatever else argument you want to... I don't know what his thoughts are. My God. Here he is telling you to get your children, grandchildren vaccinated before the holidays. Even though these children do not need this by any stretch of the imagination. Oh crap, I've got a lot more. Shoot. Oh, man, I forgot I had more than I should have just I was going to wrap it up a minute ago. And then I thought that I was close to the end and I didn't pull the tab out far enough. As you guys see me, as you guys just saw me do. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can't rattle this. I'll skip this one. So, Brownstone Institute. New, I already reported this to you, but just to start this last segment off and I'll try to rash through this. New autopsy report reveals those who died suddenly were likely killed by COVID vaccine. And it's, it's read it for yourself. This is very clear. It is a peer review study that points out that the myocarditis and the mechanisms by which that's reached. It's it's very clear that it's more likely than anything else. These people that are collapsing are doing so because of the injection. It's one more data point. Oh, and this was what we're talking about is this briefing, which maybe I'll go over in another show. But you know, Highwire covered this very well. Where they're, they're telling you that this is very clear what is happening. These are highly regarded experts. Here's Dr. Masim uh, uh, Maholtra pointing out the COVID vaccines need to be pulled off the market. The evidence of serious harm is overwhelming. In normal circumstances, it wouldn't even be worthy of debate. It's only being hindered by willful blindness and the unchecked power of the psychopathic entity. Exactly. I mean, it's just so clear. It has
1: to be said to, the pathway to to prevent any more harm is all the vaccines need to be pulled off the market withdrawn. That needs to happen immediately. All the vaccine mandates should be dropped immediately. We need requests for applications and immediate funding for vaccine injury centers of excellence across the United States.
0: Yeah, the point is that nothing happened. Yet another one of these outstanding uh, hearings where a lot of information was revealed, a lot of science was discussed, and nothing happens, at least not yet. Analysis shows that 26% worse mortality among the vaccinated. I mean, this stuff is everywhere. And this is what I was calling out, along with people like the expose, way back in 2021. Like, using the UK data to prove this all the way back then. And now it's continuing to be proven. You can see the UK data shows that they're vaccinated, suffer higher mortality rates. Not just the majority of them are dying, but also the risk per 100,000, just like we were saying a year ago and being censored for. Don't forget that. That's demonstrating the value. We were that far ahead of this discussion, not because we were guessing, because we were using the source material. Nod back to Twitter. you asked, you asked us to show just the one chart that tells the entire story. This is that chart. Um, the UK government until this summer was reporting a data series that showed the relative mortality rates for the vaccinated and unvaccinated by the number of doses of the vaccine. We've done what we think is really professional work with this, and we think it simplifies down to a conclusion that says that through the last available data set, the people in the UK who took the vaccine have a 26% higher mortality rate.
1: 26.
0: The people who are under the age of 50... Who took the vaccine now have a 49% higher wow. mortality rate. 50% worse. And worst of all, um, the people who only took one dose of the vaccine have approximately 145% dose of worse mortality rate. My God. I mean, it's just wild. I mean, the idea that you can have 50% to 100% increase in mortality because of something you're being told you have to take for your safety. God darn it. It's just so depressing to see how much this has happened. Here is Jan Jan Kalik saying, he's the senior editor of uh, Epic Times, that he he was at the the Senator Ron Johnson hearing, the insurance industry data is striking, and this was a slide they showed in regard to the uh, UK data showing you the same point, estimating 600,000 US excess deaths annually in the jabbed. Bits of data started to emerge that clearly showed that the mRNA vaccines increase coronary inflammation, just like we've been pointing out for a long time. It's very clear, unequivocal. In normal circumstances, we just read that one, and it says, "Oh, and this was the point that we." I just, uh, and Nashville Nat, Angela made the same point. So she, in this hearing, she opens up the thing and shows you that the insert's blank, right? Now this is like the transmi- the transmission moment all over again. Like I'm actually, I mean, genuinely, as I said, I'm kind of shocked. This is not common knowledge. They even had an excuse for this last year. When this came out, there was an argument for why it made sense then. But I guess the fact that people are... what Basically, there are people in the media, and the conversation, the government, who are pointing at this by saying, this just got exposed, just like the transmission discussion. Now, that could just be because they don't see it. But as I said, it just speaks to the controlled flow of information, and the danger of censorship, the fact that we didn't know this the whole time. There are people like Senator Ron Johnson, not him specifically, but people in these positions that, that don't know this stuff. Uh, that's why I remember when um, Thomas Massey discussed the transmission point and people in Congress were like, that, that's not true. At a point when everybody knew that was true. These are the least informed people. Sometimes it blows you away. So the point was, guys, if you don't know it, that the insert that's supposed to have all the information, you know, informed consent about the, the risks and information of, inclu- of ingredients in the injections has been blank the entire time. And it literally says, meant to be intentionally blank. That's what that little statement says right there. I mean, the fact that they ever pretended they were meeting informed consent, it is mind-blowing. And just to that same point, the fact that the idea that the, the controlled flow of, of information and censorship, somebody tweeted this out about how, you know, it was generally about masks and lock, you know, kind of general COVID reactions about how we need to save our children. And obviously the point was injections and the whole main thing. And so I simply shared this article, I'll point out at the end here, which was the main one, the, the overall net harm of the booster mandates. I didn't even say anything. I just posted a British medical journal peer-reviewed scientific study. And apparently got blocked, right? So what's interesting is that instead of the engagement that you people just don't, they don't want to engage, even with a benign, no influence, just statement, just here's a peer-reviewed study, fake, blocked, don't want to see it. The point is that there's such an aggressive control, especially from self-censorship and self, I guess, blindness, that people just don't want to engage with this stuff. And it just, this has been engineered. But here we're watching this undeniable picture, which people just want to close their eyes to. As Jose points out, let's now calculate the excess deaths in each country as a percentage over the maximum of the last five years prior to the pandemic based on Mortality Watch. Given this context, the comparison is fairer and countries had been considered successful now show the greatest excesses, which is exactly what you would have predicted, right? The ones that were quote unquote successful, meaning high injections, are now showing the highest excess death. Shocking. We're baffled. We're baffled. And you know what? To be completely fair, we are to a degree, we're leaning into what we think is the, the case. And it could be based on other factors too. But it's undeniable without beyond doubt that the injection's part of that. With all the peer-reviewed science and the data and the real-world observations that we have. The point is that it's not hard to picture why this is the case. But if we wanted the full picture, then this would be investigated with all the data released by the government. But that'll never happen because it's clear what's happening, in my opinion, that this is a cover-up going forward. Now, what this, this is an interesting point here. Oh, here, I've got to do this again. Dang it. I hate, the, I hate when the screenshot's out of the way. Here, I'll just do this so you guys can see me. So U.S. sports writer Grant Wall dies suddenly while covering the World Cup in Qatar. Interesting. You know why? Because it's the guy that very transparently went with the flag shirt because he knew they would kick him out or they knew they wouldn't let him in. And he made this big story, even though it was very close stated beforehand, that they wouldn't, which I made a point about and said, how dumb, where's the U.S. government calling this out? Right. Aren't they being exactly what you pretend Iran is doing? No, but they're on our side, so we don't care about it. Right. You're not allowed to be gay or hold hands in this in this area. If you're if in your cutter, but Iran, anything they say will take I mean, it. It's such a such a transparent hypocrisy. But what's interesting is this guy who went there with that mindset died suddenly while he was there. Now, what, shouldn't it matter whether or not this guy was, let's say, injected? Yeah, it should. This is Celine Grounder saying, I am so thankful for the support of my husband, Grant Wall's soccer family, and so many friends who've reached out tonight on complete shock. So the point is that he did die. Here he is saying, I favored everyone on my timeline who gets vaccinated. I mean, it's kind of hard not to think of that as admitting that he's also vaccinated, which he was. So just so it's clear, he was vaccinated and then died suddenly while on in Qatar. The point is, guys, I mean, it seems that the only people still scared of COVID-19 have been vaccinated and boosted. Now, why would that be? Now, that's an interesting point to think about, because right now, I don't know anybody who hasn't gotten these things that are, like, super scared they're going to get sick. They're pretty much, even if they're also misinformed, walking around like they're completely bulletproof. Yeah, maybe they're not entirely wrong, seeing as how everybody else seems to be suffering. But what's funny is that right now, the people that are terrified of this and are screaming about Matt are the people that have four shots in their bodies. I mean, that's kind of hard not to miss. And as we continue to see people that get injected, that very conspicuously suddenly die with no explanation, it's getting really difficult for them to keep playing this game. But as Thomas Massey points out, if you're wondering why these things get fact-checked and denied and misrepresented, just to kind of wrap up in the last three points here, he called out the CDC for lying about Pfizer trials, which they did, which Brooke Jackson revealed, and, and numerous of the people have come out and point they are lying to you guys. Hiding information, dragging their feet on things that they're required to show you. He recorded phone calls with the CDC where they admitted they were wrong with him. Now, Reuter's fact checks or Reuter Reuter facts fact checked him in the process, according to Thomas Massey, found out he was correct and didn't publish the fact check. Now, of course, this all comes from him. So who knows if it's entirely accurate, but it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me seeing as how this is how these things tend to go. But he goes, this encapsulates all you need to know about CDC and fact checkers, right? So they they go into this if he's telling the truth about trying to fact check what he said. When they find out that he was right, they just scrap it and move on, right? Because it's not really about fact checking. It's about showing that he's wrong. And if it ends up the fact check that he was right, well, we don't want to do that one. <laughs> we don't want to show that he was right. So it's not a fact check. It's an opinion check, just like we've been showing you. Now, just to finish, just in case you need to see this again, just to reiterate, the, la- the the three, I would argue, most important kind of bodies of, you know, and it's not the entire picture. Always, there's a lot more science out there, but if you're trying to encapsulate some of the most important ones, I argue, to show somebody, here's the, a preprint from November 8th showing you that the bivalent injection has very clearly, it says the fourth dose, I uh, where was it, right here? Uh, right there. The rate of adverse reactions for the second booster dose as in this, this so the second booster or the fourth shot, the bivalent in this case, or rather fourth dose, was significantly higher when taken as the bivalent. 84% compared to 51%. I mean, gigantically worse, on top of the fact that it has all the same negative side effects. And then it also has people who take you had to take more medications as needed, and you had more hospital visits. Rate it for yourself. Clearly, it's the better one, even though we're talking about something that's now three shots removed with no human trials, with different variants each time. So they say, and the entire reason they made this is because of the varying differences, but now we're like three things removed and just, just take it anyway, because we said so. It'll work. Even though the WHO lady said, well, let's put it out and find out. I guess we'll find out when they take it. Well, here's the one we just talked about the other day. This is gigantic. This is a gigantic peer-reviewed study, British Medical Journal. When they tell you, point blank, to prevent one COVID-19 hospitalization over a six-month period, they estimate that 31,207 between that and 42,836 young adults aged 18 and 29 must receive a third mRNA vaccine, a third booster mandates in young adults are expected to cause a net harm, meaning they are bad all the way around the overall harm people or net harm to the grouping we're talking about. Per COVID-19 hospitalization prevented, it says we anticipate at least 18.5 serious adverse events from mRNA vaccinations, including 1.5 to 4.6 booster-associated myopericarditis cases in males with one, one prevented hospitalization. Guys, it's just undeniable. These people are running scared from the body of work that is building. And here is one of the most damning. And these are all from the last so many months of 2022. This is innate immune suppression after mRNA vaccination. life. the mRNA vaccines promote sustained synthesis of that spike protein that ends up in your blood and does circulate your body. And they're giving it to babies in transfusions. The spike protein is in fact neurotoxic and it impairs DNA repair mechanisms. Suppression of type one interferon responses results in impaired innate immunity. And mRNA vaccines potentially cause increased risk infections to disease, cancers, and so on. Yeah, but it's all good though. Give it to the children. (laughs) Mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. So it was about three hours. Not terrible. I thought it was important to go over some of that Twitter stuff because of the way that I see this going. But depending on what happens next, I kind of doubt that I'm going to be getting into that any deeper unless some development happens outside of maybe discussions with Sam and, and other people about how this is being used. But unless more comes out, I mean, I'm going to you guys to tell me because I'm not even going to be following these Twitter files. It's just it seems like a nonsensical stream of information of mostly things that we already knew and things that in a lot of ways undermine what I think is provably the case already. In any case, question everything always, including this, including me, including the whole picture, because I could be wrong, just like anybody. I just hope that you guys are being as skeptical with people like that, especially with all the reasons. I mean, just read some of Whitney's work around this. All the reasons that they he that it's very clear that he is at the very least right aligned with the agenda and maybe has just seen the light and changed his mind, it's a big maybe. And I'm damn willing to see some more evidence of that to to assume that. And even then, I would continue to question what he does next because that's just smart. Thank you for being here. I love you all as always. Question everything, come to your own conclusions, stay vigilant.